Hello and welcome to the Cinnabums. Uh, we have uh, Luke here and John as usual and uh, our producer Jake and also my brother is back on the air uh, with us. Hello. <laughs> I was waiting for him it's to say something there. Sam Neill impression. <laughs> a little bit. No, a little not bit. really. Um, yeah, you, you weren't able to be there for our Spider-Man 2 episode, which was no. too bad. Because um, what a good episode it was. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's good you're able, able to be here for uh, today, uh, which is, uh, of course, Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg and Sam Neill. <laughs> it's co-their movie. <laughs> yeah, but um, couldn't be there for the greatest blockbuster, or at least I'm there for the second greatest blockbuster of all time. Because that yeah, is 1B, in, in my book, two of the greatest. In a way, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Jurassic Park because of the new film that comes out when when's the date for jurassic world not like we're trying to like really yeah this is no endorsement for the colin trevorrow jurassic world trying to be that much of an endorsement i'm just like it's an excuse to talk about like a good movie um is really what it is and it's the Um, return of sam neill and yeah there you go lord jern and uh-huh. Jeff Goldblum, the trio, yeah. the greatest trio. Is it just those yeah. three that are in the new one? Well, don't forget the long-haired Asian <laughs> guy from the lab. He'll be there too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. BD Wong, is that him? There we go. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. Yeah, BD Wong. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor Henry Wu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I like I did when I first saw the trailer. I did like you know, get kind of, you know, mind-numbingly happy when I saw that they were back in the movie. Now, you know, despite, despite how much I know, like, you know, deep in my heart how bad this film is going to be and that all the, they're going to look so stupid in it. But, uh, like, yeah, man, like, it, it, it's like that uh, Hollywood, you know, drug of nostalgia that they're all feeding mm-hmm. us um repeatedly that uh you know you can't resist sometimes as you like for things that you grew up with um as a kid um i guess that's a good segue into things we've been watching lately because um there's a couple things i've been watching lately that i like a completely align with that um exact theme um the first would be um kenobi um i think kenobi a star wars story is like the full title um but yeah like i can't like when i saw ian mcgregor is coming back despite how much i dislike most of disney star wars shit and that's um, the one to watch yeah 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 i haven't watched a single disney star wars show but i tuned into this because ian mcgregor is like my obi-wan you know he is my obi-wan i think he's just so great um, I love him so much as the character, and um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And so I'm watching it, <laughs> and it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm enjo- I'm enjoying it so far. It's also it's sometimes maybe bad, but not not too bad. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that uh, the other day. 
I, I thought the timing of the opening scene was a little problematic where it, it starts out in like that Jedi classroom. And then yes, the next thing you yeah, know, clone yeah, yeah. troopers come in and start shooting oh, up the place. Oh, Jesus Christ. And yeah, that was yeah, like so the they, same leak as the school shooting. This is like shooting. a little for prequel nerds, you know? Like, yeah, they put yeah. you on the ground of the attack on the Capitol and really show you more um, than you've ever seen. And yes, John, that is very much... They dropped that <laughs> the week after school shooting. <laughs> that was that was pretty rough. Yeah, I've definitely, in all my years, knowing about the attack on the Jedi Council, have never thought of it in terms of a school shooting, but... It is, it is what it is. Except it's only, it's like if the United States military um, was doing it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, true. This wasn't a lone wolf operation. But yeah, did, and did you see? Uh, did you get a kick out of Benny Safdie in that inglorious bastards like opening wow. scene? Uh, yeah, I had no idea he was in it. That was that oh, was Oh, you didn't know shocking. that was Benny? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I knew it was him when I saw oh, him, but right, I didn't know right, right. that beforehand that he was going to be in it. Um, right. And that was just shocking in itself to be like, oh, yeah. that's the the Safdie, yeah, the Safdie guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One half of the Safdies. One half Saf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just probably on set. Like, I'm happy to be in Star Wars. I make very different films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Like... <laughs> A Safdie's brother, uh, or Safdie brothers, uh, Star Wars movie would be pretty cool, though. Right, right. Yeah. I could see it like a in those underground, uh, like district areas. They should they just do like do. one show or like one miniseries directed by them. Right. It's just like totally, they do whatever they want, and uh, <laughs> all the the kids on Disney Plus can't see it. It's only it's only you have to be eighteen plus to see it. You know. That would be cool. I was I was actually thinking about this before we started podcasting. Um, it's kind of a bid, but like, you know, like every Jurassic Park character is like, um, you know, so memorable, and you know they they have all these spinoff shows for Star Wars. So I'm kind of like, why doesn't you know like Dotson, the man who's trying to steal the eggs, have his own like spinoff <laughs> show on his whole enterprise? You know, like. Dude. He might be in the new Jurassic World. You never know. Like it's I'm that into, you know, I'm into Dotson enough <laughs> to like, <laughs> if they actually did it on Paramount Plus or whatever, I would do it. I would, I would check it out. Yeah, there could be plenty of spinoffs in the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World universe. Yeah. The guy that who's the uh, the hunter in the original movie should definitely yeah, have like a, yeah. a yeah, an origin fucking... story to see his upbringing and why he's so fucking yeah. crazy <laughs> right um but yeah that's uh that's obi-wan uh that's one thing i watched uh that brought me that was based off nostalgia uh something i watched kind of out of nostalgia not as much as star wars or jurassic park uh but norm mcdonald <laughs> has a uh oh yeah posthumous special that just came out on netflix oh nice uh that he recorded in his in his living room he's just like in front of his ipad that's just recording him and he's holding a mic um but he's wearing a suit like a suit like he wore like probably back similar to like what he wore back in like the 80s or 90s uh, when he first was on tv or something 
uh yeah and it's pretty uh it's pretty sad it's funny it's very norm mcdonald-esque um all his jokes uh and um yeah it's like he literally is just recording it like on a whim in his living room and he gets a phone call during it and he he answers it and he's like yeah i'm not i'm filming this uh comedy special right now yeah yeah i'll call you back yeah yeah and he puts his phone away his dog starts like going crazy at something outside at one point. Um, but it's all still in there. He does it all in one take. Uh, yeah. And I, am a huge Norm Macdonald fan. It was uh, like many people gutted when he uh, passed away and it was very sudden because no one knew he was sick, uh, which is also a norm, uh, a norm joke where he talks about killing Hitler. And then someone tells him that Hitler uh, died, you know, like 70 years ago. And he's like, Oh, I didn't even know he was sick. Right. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so there's, so it's the Norm special from his living room. And then the last half hour is like Conan, David Letterman, Molly Shannon, Dave Chappelle, uh, Bandler, like David Spade. They're all just like in a room, just talking about Norm. Um, and that part was kind of awkward, honestly. It's like, uh, all these comedy uh, people, but from diff like they know Norm from like different, very ways different times, and yeah, in different times um, of his life and stuff. And uh, honestly, I, like David Spade and Adam Sandler had like the best anecdotes to yeah, have because they were like right. like really good. They were friends. there during that time too, yeah. like yeah, the prime time, right? Yeah, exactly. Like SNL and all of that. Yeah. And, whereas like Letterman and Conan had great like you know bits about him but it was all just oh when he was on our show he on did the this. show right, right yeah right. and then dave Chappelle, like he, i feel like he didn't really know him that well <laughs> yeah they just wanted to have Chappelle he was just, on there yeah exactly and then molly right. shannon she had great things to say too like personal things to say about him too yep. but she kept getting talked over by the other guys but uh of course yeah yeah so it was kind of it was kind of awkward but uh it made me want to just see like sandler and spade and like the snl guys from the 90s just like tell norm stories like that would have been great yeah yeah to hear that but uh because they both had some uh just like norm funny stories used to about do him. that yeah oh, yeah norm, norm. He, he was yeah yeah he would <laughs> he did this crazy thing when we were on tour yeah they were talking about him on like on tour and stuff which is like yeah uh, you know like the actual person norm not the talk show uh guest norm but uh but yeah, it was it was nice. It was good. It obviously like his special wasn't uh, something that he would do like in a in a theater. Like it was still a little rough, you could tell, and he would just forget where he was going with something. But uh, yeah, he also uh, was fully aware that this was probably going to be his last chance to do a comedy special. Um. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really sad and um yeah i was nostalgic just from being a norm mcdonald fan and loving all everything he's done uh recently especially but uh yeah yeah it's still it's really funny and it's still nice to see people talk about him at the end even though it's a little awkward and uh and self-indulgent but uh yeah mm. yeah i would recommend it i don't have anything nostalgia based per se besides yeah Jurassic it doesn't Park. have to be yeah I, I wish i could follow the thread but sadly i cannot um but David Cronenberg has a new movie coming out on Friday, which I'm very excited for, called Crimes of the Future. 
And it's been getting a lot of buzz coming out of the Cannes Film Festival. And so I've been kind of going through my my Cronenberg gaps, um, the ones that I haven't seen. He's, he's one of my favorite directors. He's great. Um, and uh, I'd say the most notable one I've watched in the past two to three weeks was A History of Violence, which is probably more of his most well-renowned movies, especially past like the 2000s. So that was a big gap for me. I was, uh, you know, uh, very yeah, I watched that with dad that. when I was really young. And yeah, dad's a... <laughs> Dad's a pretty intense fan of that movie. Oddly, it's a very. I did not get it as a kid, but I just remember it being really dark, yeah. like really real. At least it, for when I was a kid. It's kind of satirical when you watch it as an adult, like a lot okay. of Cronenberg movies are. Um, it's based on a graphic novel, so a lot of it's very heightened and sort of animated. Especially Vigo mowing down multiple people at one time. Um, but I think it's an incredibly powerful movie. Um, Vigo is incredible in it. And then um, Ed Harris and William Hurt, who have like really small sort of villainous uh, roles in that movie, are both just insanely good. And I think William Hurt got nominated for an Oscar. Um, but this kind of history of violence started this trend for Cronenberg, like post this movie where he started making these sort of crime, uh, slightly comedic uh dramas i guess is the best way to categorize them that have a lot to say um pat you know usually he's known for body horror and sort of this uh uh very medical approach to his his filmmaking um very fascinated by like the human body and the human psyche um so it was interesting to see him like veer off into to different genres and stuff and history of violence is what sparked that and i think that's i think it's one of his best movies in his whole catalog um and if you guys haven't seen it or if you want to rewatch it it's, it's it's a really rewarding watch and just like a perfect movie from a script perspective too like everything's so tight and perfect and usually his movies can become like self-indulgent or sort of like spinning their wheels a lot you know and i found that movie just pitch perfect on every level and really made me hype to see uh his fourth collaboration with Viggo mortensen so so yeah, history of violence. Nice. Yeah, I've yet to see history of violence, but um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been wanting to take a deep dive in Cronenberg because I've I've seen Videodrome, The Fly, um, so Scanners, but mm. I think that's it. I, I haven't like gone, you know, taken that deep dive into Cronenberg. But now's a good time since this new one's coming out. I've seen some good stuff about it. Yeah, totally. People are saying like this is kind of like a call. He made a movie in 1970 called Crimes of the Future. I think he it was like on a shoestring budget and he kind of had this like idea of like a sci fi horror futuristic like dystopian horror movie. So it's like 50 years in the making now. So I'm glad he finally got to make something that was in his brain 50 years ago. It's it's super cool. <laughs> Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, I'll definitely revisit History of Violence now because now you're saying it's like a masterpiece and really it's just this weird movie I watched in, <laughs> in my memory with that. So yeah, on yeah. a random, but I remember being really into it, you know, really invested, but I did not, under, you know, I just did not understand it totally, I guess. So it's definitely not a movie for a kid. So nah, I should definitely watch really. it again. <laughs> All right. Um, so my next film, uh, based off nostalgia 
Um, you can jump on this too, Jake, because we saw it together. Um, it's probably my favorite movie of uh, 2022. Uh, it is Top Gun Maverick. Um, we saw it last week at uh, the Universal City IMAX Theater, and it was amazing. Um, I like I had really uh, high expectations for Top Gun Maverick, but um, I did not expect like to see it and for like literally almost everything in it to work for me. You know, like I I was like pretty much every performance. I thought everyone was really killing it. Um, I thought it's in every way. It's like a better quality film than the first one um and obviously the flight sequences uh are um incredible um and uh it has a third act action sequence which takes you on the edge of your seat and then it leaves mm -hmm. you feeling very emotionally moved um and and so like this movie goes hard as fuck is what basically what i'm saying <laughs> Um, the way Tom Cruise movies do nowadays. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely recommend uh, someone seeing it. Um, it's definitely like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, the best way I describe that movie is like extremely like cathartic because the first movie, uh, well-beloved by people that grew up with it, I suppose. But for our generation, I feel like a lot of people are just feel it's pretty hollow and kind of repetitious and kind of silly. And this is like Tom Cruise and like all of his team, like the directors and writers he has around him coming together to sort of just culminate this insanely well done and well realized action movie, you know, taking bits from the original, but also like the Mission Impossible movies and all these great modern action movies and to deliver such a satisfying product and just a extremely emotionally satisfying, like you were saying. The end with the Lady Gaga song, it's just, it's just so, it's pure cinema. Like him just flying in a plane and hearing Lady Gaga blare in an IMAX theater. You know, it's in the words of Tom Cruise, it's great to be back at the movie theater. And that movie really solidified that. Yeah, John, we were with a dude. Um, we went to see this movie with a dude who like cried at the end of it. Like that is how like powerful <laughs> this movie is like shout out to josh a, he's probably a guy listening. right a guy sitting <laughs> right next to me this guy who got our tickets for us planned this whole event just like wept he was at, straight as up the weeping. credits rolled and tears like, of joy tears of joy for sure and, and i did not wow. like really when it happened i didn't really totally blame him at all i was like i get it that was pretty insane so like you know yeah this movie is really, really something else. Uh, and it goes, a, it aligns with the fact that we're doing like big blockbusters lately, you know, exactly. like that's what we're, and this mm -hmm. is just another one, you know, it's just a huge blockbuster that is perfect in every way. <laughs> I forget what's that that's from. Uh, it's from something. It's from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. <laughs> I had a little brother. Yeah. <laughs> which by the way speaking of like reboots and uh big franchises i'm pretty sure the new mad max like prequel uh yep just started production recently i saw some some headline about that furiosa yeah 
But yeah, everyone and their mom is seeing uh, Top Gun right now. I everyone feel like I'm the only mom. one there. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to see this in the theater for sure, but I, I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, yeah, I've just seen so much good stuff about it and literally everyone I know has been talking about it. So yeah, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta see it. Yeah. Jake, what's the, uh, what's the soundtrack like? Curious. Like, is it go back to like has, the 80s? It has that stuff? similar theme going. The da, 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 the shot. You hear like the chat, like, like that the... happens a lot. There's like chimes, you know, and like, don't do Like, it's the. Who does. Doesn't Zimmer do some of the score? It's Zimmer it's and. Zimmer? Yeah. Zimmer and Lauren Balf do the music. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a very, yeah, high quality you know heart so pounding inspirational score Sweet. mission impossibly you know yeah like um feels like out of fallout something so, sort of similar music towards the end there nice yeah um yeah and, and i was gonna say uh jake like since you don't know this um john's mom's favorite movie is the original top gun oh man wow you have such a great memory i can't believe you uh so that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big weekend for her. <laughs> yes, this is. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta have her on and hear her top gun maverick <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll zoom her in and get her thoughts. Uh <laughs> yeah, that you know, like you said, Luke, watching history of violence with your dad, you know, top, that was Top Gun, my mom. Which I actually don't <laughs> think that I've ever watched Top Gun with my mom. But uh yeah, for some reason that's that's her favorite movie. Yeah. And um uh, I've also never seen her watching it either. But, mm. uh, yeah, I remember you saying yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying, I've actually never seen her watch it though. That's great. <laughs> but she always talks about how it's her favorite movie. So I, I believe it. Yeah, but I, you know, I, it's it's one I assume <laughs> before she had, you know, my sister and I, that that was, you know, something she watched all the time. Uh, yeah, and then... <laughs> Yeah, and then and then kids came around, and that took up her Top Gun watching time. But uh, right, yeah, before yeah, she well. had hopes and dreams and watched Top Gun, and then it all just fell yeah. flat. She was gonna make her own Top Gun reboot, but she had to she had to become a mom instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there. Um, that's great funny. Pull. Yeah, good call back to like an episode maybe two years ago or something yeah, yeah. or something <laughs> damn yeah um, good pull but also top gun maverick had the new mission impossible trailer playing yeah, in it, yeah. which is while it's streamable on youtube um it's still great to see in the theater because it's all so good you gotta see it big so mm-hmm. ha- fuck yeah for that and that movie of course looks f- fantastic I have no idea what it's about, but like it's, it's not about that. It's you know it's Bishop Possible uh, Seven or whatever. Um, and I really just felt after like Mission Impossible Fallout um, that like I like I felt like with Top Gun Maverick I was in the same hands um, as that. You know like like the like i could really trust the people at the helm uh Mm -hmm. to you know give me the goods and i feel the same way with the next mission possible movie so i just feel like tom cruise right now is just a movie god (laughs) at the moment (laughs) uh yeah 
Yeah, he's made. hit his he's hit his stride ever since yeah. he made like Mission Impossible Five. Because he kind of found like I said, he found that team of people that do everything with him and kind of heighten yeah it's yeah. kind of well, like yeah. uh it's like an artistic approach to every movie like they feel really similar right. you know yeah there's such an attention awesome. to detail and immersiveness yeah. and the camera works everything. feels very just deliberate especially in top gun like they've studied that shit for a long time yeah so. and, and say what you want about tom cruise obviously he's a mad man but like he clearly knows he's like clearly a movie like genius like he he just knows exactly what he's doing yeah 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 good hands he's, good hands he's just kind of one of those insane guys that uh yeah <laughs> I don't, he just pulls off things that the vast majority of human beings yeah can, but yeah like actually i, I know go ahead go, go ahead. ahead all right in a way, yeah. I'm like anti like whatever you think. Like in real life, I'm anti almost everything. Like top what Top Gun stands for. That's the thing. But when I'm yeah. watching yeah. Top Gun Maverick, I am genuinely like worshiping like Tom Cruise in it. You know, like I believe. Like I was like, wow, Maverick. We're so he's so amazing, Maverick. He's so fast. <laughs> he just <laughs> he flies so fast, and like you just fall into everything, you know. Because like I I love good movies, you know. I, I love that's basically what I was saying. Uh, what, were, what were you gonna say, John? Well, I was just gonna say I have another family uh, anecdote regarding uh, Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun and Tom Cruise. My cousin is in the Navy, and he uh, he knows some of the guys that were on the aircraft carrier that like they used. Oh, for the movie okay. i don't know if it was nice. i have no idea if it was just for like part of it or whatever um but they said he that tom cruise was kind of a dick to them so that they weren't <laughs> so they weren't gonna go see the movie <laughs> uh, i don't know any of the context <laughs> yeah yeah he's probably yelling at yeah in that uh clip of him yelling at people about covid it was probably was your them. cousin yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know any I've, of the context behind it, but I could see him yeah. being just like super serious about what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, right. obviously, like in that clip, he's, um, yeah, he's like a crazy person, he's but he, very he just takes it so seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one more uh, Top Gun Maverick anecdote before I handed handed over to the next movie. <laughs> um, when I was working on this production in March. And I was very sleep deprived and I was hanging out with the other COVID PA who was very sleep deprived. You know, we're browsing the internet and we're watching the clips of like them, you know, making this movie and assemble it, you know, using real like pilots and flying the actual B, I, I don't know, are they B-50? I forget what they are, man. V-52 planes, whatever the hell they yeah. are. <laughs> um, high quality airplane fighter pilots and... <laughs> Um, we're just watching all that stuff and talking about the movie and we were going like, uh, we had in our head convinced based off of like, just our, the idea, you know, how Tom Cruise does everything in his movies. Like usually, you know, he's hanging off the plane, he's on the bridge Khalifa. Um, he's riding the motorcycle. We thought, okay. in Top Gun Maverick, like all the actors are flying the planes. That's, that's what we like we, we like what we were convinced was happening and we talked about it for probably like 30 minutes about how insane that is and then like our boss just out of nowhere like after he finished with his calls was just like just stopped us was like guys 
they are not flying those planes. <laughs> like, like the amount of time it takes to train, like to fly one of those planes, and plus, like the liability, like you know, uh, nightmare it would be, like. Like Tom Cruise definitely has flown a plane before, but I think the um, logistics of having actual real life actors flying those planes for every take yeah. is is actually like if you really think about it, but one of the most ridiculous things you could think of. So I just, I just, I just thought that was funny because he was like, "You think they're gonna let Miles Teller just fly <laughs> these planes?" <laughs> like, hey, he learned how to what? play drums for Whiplash. Yeah, that's what, know, I, and that's exactly what I said. I was like. He, he's a method actor. He played drums. Like, like you, they don't let them fly the planes after like six months of training, you know, like, like it takes more than that. Like, it's usually like the best fighter pilots in the world. And yeah, like, it takes a lifetime to learn. And to fly yeah, it those. takes. Yeah. And they're also handpicked as having amazing reflexes and whatever. And they train their whole lives. So yeah, it is. There's just yeah. no way any of these actors were fly actually flying the planes. Yeah, I think even to fly just like those little tiny aircrafts that you just go around your area, or whatever, like you need hundreds of hours right. before you can actually get licensed or anything. You know, I'll go with something that I watched for the first time, which, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. For the first time ever, I watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a movie that has been recommended to me, as you can imagine, all the time <laughs> by people, and but not in like right. a, a nice way, you know? It's one of those movies that I've said I've never like, seen people. What the fuck? You people, haven't yeah, seen Yeah, people freak God. out. Like, they like shove you yeah like they start yeah you. yeah my boss at my previous job he like made he like referenced it and said some quote and i was like i don't know i don't know what that's from he's like it's spicoli and i was like uh sounds familiar and he's like best times at richmond high and i was like oh yeah yeah no i haven't seen it and for i swear for like an hour he berated me on um, how I've never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So I've finally seen it, although I was hesitant to for years, just out of spite, out of not <laughs> right. wanting to watch it because of other people's reactions. But uh, but I'm glad I did. It was uh, a fun, old, you know, good old 80s high school movie. Um, and I was in the mood for that at the, at the time. I was I was thinking about something uh, you know, to watch something a little light, like a high school 80s movie. I think I just seen like, I haven't watched Stranger Things, but I think I saw like trailers for that. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. You know, those that's kind of like Fast Times. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll watch Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah. High. Yeah. Not watch the Stranger Things. I'll watch something, I'll watch something completely yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's in it's in high school in the 80s. So that's the only similarity. Right, right, yeah. Right. But uh um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. Um, I I really loved the opening where it just opens on this. Like, you got mall. the beat. You got yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking so, of nostalgia, this is a very nostalgic movie. Totally. Um, although I never lived 
uh, in the eighties, there's still some, you know, the nineties had a little bit of that, uh, trickled, trickled in there, but, uh, yeah, just seeing, uh, I mean, a shopping mall that was like bustling and, uh, you know, had that music going on was, uh, very nostalgic. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a young, uh, what's her name? Um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Young Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, and Sean Penn, of course, as Spicoli, Spicoli the infamous Spicoli. Uh, yeah, yeah, good old, good old fashioned '80s high school movie. Uh, it was a good time. Um, I feel like I'm one of the last people uh, in the world to probably well, see to have I seen it. I actually also haven't seen it, John. So, <laughs> what the oh, fuck? so you haven't seen it, dude? Fuck so you, I'm oh my used God, to getting. Man. I've gotten those same uh, reactions. Oh. So you can advertise. Yeah, I so. didn't see it for mm-hmm. the first time until last year. So I guess we're all late on the, wow. the yeah. on the times, as they say. I'm glad this is a safe space for uh people who are late yeah. to fast times at Richmond High. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I I was really blown away by that movie, actually. Like, especially how I kind of expected it to be on the lighter side, like you said, but there's some really dark themes in that movie like with the whole abortion thing and yeah kind of like uh obviously it's more of a stoner uh, like a high school comedy at its core but they're like it went in directions i didn't expect and i was pretty i was just really into the characters and the whole world that movie presented and uh sean penn is just i think that's like my favorite it might be heresy but i think that's like my favorite sean penn performance like he's so well realized and just electric in that movie and also uh one of the first things cameron crow ever wrote so that's another uh fun fun fact about that movie there's just a lot of talent like young sprouting talent on that on that movie for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah all the characters um, are very specific and uh yeah and unique and the- yeah i thought that was that that's actually a good point you know the whole um dynamic between oh i don't want to say too much but jennifer jason lee and um i can't remember the guy's name but he's he plays himself off as very confident and like he knows everything and then yeah um, yeah yeah um and then Um, the other the other guy of course i can't remember his name either but uh but yeah you know who's Um, also uh great in fast times is judge reinhold who's from like beverly hills cop and uh he plays neil in the santa claus yeah um And I just love him. Oh, he's in Fast Times? Oh, he's so. That's one of my favorite guys. (laughs) So funny. You're going to love this then. He's working at like a fast food place (laughs) and he's just getting super fed up. And Nick Cage. I've seen that on TV. I don't know if you noticed, John, if you saw Nick Cage had a quick little cameo. Yeah. In in that fast food scene. But yeah, he's just such a hilarious character in that movie. Yeah, he is. He's he's very like uh, confident and goofy and. Yeah. uh yeah i mean he's in love with his car yeah that's uh right right yeah for the longest time i only knew him as um neil the guy who with the funky sweaters and the, Santa <laughs> the funky Claus. sweaters yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until i got older that i realized uh all the other great things he's done besides that yeah <laughs> yeah bernard is so like enamored he's like nice sweater, nice sweater. <laughs> did we make this sort i like i remember just as a kid being like why does he give so much of a shit about the sweater? <laughs> he disappears. Yeah, like, like, where'd he go? 
when he <laughs> runs out of the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's so good, man. Love yeah, Judd. That's a, that's a film on uh, the future agenda. Uh, well, uh, Fast Times for me to watch and Santa Claus and for Santa us Claus. to talk about. <laughs> um, Definitely. You know, I'll talk about Jackass Four and a Half because that I think that's relevant to our time and also one that's weirdly sticking in, in my head because Jackass Forever was uh, a knockout in my opinion. Probably it still will remain in my top five of 2022 as the year goes on. Um, and if you guys aren't familiar with the point fives, they always release them like months after the film is in theaters. And this one happened to drop on Netflix. And it's kind of like all the pranks they didn't show in forever, but also like behind the scenes stuff, interviews. Uh, uh, yeah, did more of like a introspective look into Jackass, which is funny. But uh, but yeah, getting get to see how this movie was made because it was kind of a shock to a lot of people they were making a jackass movie and it's funny because like they just kind of were like all right we'll do some uh some stunts and see if they work out and then they'll incorporate them into the movie so they kind of went on a whim and just started doing shit um and i don't know if you guys remember from forever but there's that stunt where they they do they try the they try to leap over a bunch of them in a row and they kind of land on they, they land on them uh it's like they, like they're the doing a jump or whatever yeah um, and that was like the second thing they did in the, they showed in four and a half and like, oh shit, this could really work. We have a lot of great stuff up our, up our sleeve. Um, and Steve-O did like some shit where he put like hot sauce in his ass and stuff and just all this crazy stuff um, as like a test. And then they, they were all like, all right, let's just make another movie. Um, this, and this kind of like highlights all the behind the scenes shit um, and how they got they found the new people so it's like a hybrid of like a documentary but also new uh new uh stunts and whatnot that they were doing so that was really enjoyable as a huge fan of forever um and was really heartwarming actually because you gotta get they were just like seeing them reunite after all this time um and to see like how excited the newcomers were because like I love the new cast so much. Like I follow, I still follow them on like Instagram and stuff to see what they're up to and to see how excited they were to go on forever was really, really just awesome to see. And to see them do like the intro with like uh, the whole attack on the city sequence, which was really cinematic and crazy to see the behind the scenes of that was pretty great. So if you love forever, you got to watch four and a half it's on Netflix and it's a quick 90 minute. uh, And you actually learn a lot about, uh, jackass and how it's made and all that good stuff yeah i also watched uh i also watched four and a half uh the other day oh cool yeah i enjoyed that they i think this is the only i knew that they had they would do like the you know two and a half three and a half things but i think this is the only one that i've actually seen uh of those but i liked that they had uh you know like um little anecdotes from the cast and spike jones and jeff tremaine and all them too right um throughout it that was just cool to get those insights and all the work that they put into what seems like such a stupid and silly thing that there's actually so much uh that goes into it and they were like when they were talking about ideas for that scene i think they were talking about the opening scene um where chris pontius's dick is like right godzilla or whatever they they would say like anytime spike 
would open his mouth with a new idea millions of dollars would just pour out <laughs> and they just had all these like big ideas for uh for yeah that was really cool to see mm-hmm. um yeah and uh and i like that you got some more of uh of the new people like uh uh dark shark is yeah yeah he's such a great like character to add to this universe this and then like... that uh whole skydiving bit was pretty great yeah jasper and his dad Mm-hmm. They were such a bright spot of forever. Right. So they had this whole skydiving thing that's just incredible. I don't want to spoil yeah. the stunt, but it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really funny. And yeah, uh, definitely you can watch this. Fun fact the skydiving instructor in that is uh, the same skydiving instructor from Nathan for you. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good one. Yeah. It's uh for any jackass fan, it's like it's, it's a good love letter to all of the any of the half the half the 3.5 2.5 are uh kind of like a B-side to a great album, you know? Just like more of what you love and also just kind of more inf- information overload, which is always great. Yeah, Jackass Forever is one of my favorite films of the year. And so, like, I definitely wanted more at the end of it, but not necessarily more stunts, you know? So, like, this yeah. is kind of the more I'm looking for, you know? Exactly. Like, more intimate, like, insider's look, pretty much. Or I'm down to go one more it. around the bend. Let's do it. Uh, I, and I'm actually, like, by only going one more around the bend, I will say I'm leaving some things out but they will come up again on the show. Ooh. So it's like, you don't want to like, just, you know, talk about fucking everything all the time. You gotta like, <laughs> you gotta, you know, edit yourself. Um, so I'm going to stick with the uh, fighter pilot theme <laughs> from my wow, last one. What? And I am going to talk about Michael, my rewatch of Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor, oh, wow. um, which I had a couple weeks ago, and um, I'm gonna talk about it because it was like a really amazing rewatch in a like kind of you know like a bad way, of course, um, but like you know like I'm leaving out things that like came out like this year or things that I've seen for the first time to talk about my rewatch of you know kind of a trash film. Um, because I was just like kind of glued to this thing. Like, I just couldn't believe like everything. Um, I, I don't think you will find a more like, like a serious World War II movie with like a giant budget about like one of the most historical events ever. A tragedy. A tragedy, a tragedy. Like miss the mark on like, so many levels like not only in tone like tone for like tone wise this is a just this movie acts like war is like going to college and that all the nurses that are um nerd you know like taking care of your minor wounds like not like you can you know you can't die. You just get minor wounds. All the nurses also happen to want to fuck you as All well. All the horny nurses. And there's nurses, a constant, yeah. yeah, and there's a constant flirtation between the nurses and the soldiers. Not like as if they all don't have high demand, a high demand of things to do. And it's totally 
of course it's totally michael bay that makes the first like whatever two hours of this a flirting romance like movie about these hunk pilots um and there is no reason for like it's definitely trying to like be like okay let's be like titanic let's tell a big epic that is a love story but we'll i'll put my own like tone onto it and it couldn't be more of a miss like i i think that is one of the biggest like comparisons i would make to this is that it's trying to be like Titanic. Oh yeah. Um, it's like historical tragedy disguised as like right. Hollywood epicness yeah. and romance yeah. and just a Hollywood right. lens, you know, but Cameron right. pulled it off and Michael Bay kind of shit the bed. So it's like, mm-hmm. he failed. Yeah, which it. also makes <laughs> Titanic that much more impressive to me. Totally. Um, but yeah, also the like portrayal of the enemy the Japanese are portrayed like they are a Marvel villain where they are like, like it's basically starts out and like the Japanese are just like the Americans cut off our oil supply. We will must attack Pearl Harbor. They will never <laughs> see us coming. And then that just shows them like getting ready as if in like, and the music playing is like, I don't know. It's like a football practice montage while they're getting ready. Um, and I, I guess above it all, above all that shit, the biggest thing is that in the end, like, you know, of course the movie takes the most pro-American um, stance on the attack. And um, the, like, I thought the movie was going to be, you know, like almost over after the attack. But of course, there it, it just goes on for like another thirty minutes to an hour of them like trying to attack back at Japan, yeah. And um, as it, like to give you some sense of satisfaction that you really don't need. Um, and it's and it's not like a significant. I don't know if it's a, a significant attack that like we would know of either. Like, uh, like they're not showing like Ben Affleck dropping the atomic bomb yeah, it's not like or hiroshima like that, or which anything thought, which I actually thought would have been hilarious that would have been great <laughs> ben like, affleck drops the nuke on hiroshima right right <laughs> affleck like right he like right dr strange love rides the bomb ah! down into yeah i thought that would have been great but yeah i mean this movie just overall i think it's just like unbelievable that it exists in the way it does that it is has such an absurd ridiculous tone but also has clearly like the biggest budget and Huge. it turns this like war tra- like this tragic war thing and like i've been to pearl we've been to pearl harbor and john have you been to pearl harbor yeah yeah i've been there too we've yeah. all been to pearl harbor we've so there. we've all had first-hand <laughs> experience to know that this is a very sad place like when you're there yeah. you're just like like you're like they don't say this, but they're like, you could still see the bodies under. <laughs> no, no they, they don't say that. But like, <laughs> there's like oil popping out of the water, and like, like this is where the Arizona was. It's like right below us, and you're like, oh yeah, god, you can look down. Man, this is yeah. Fuck. yeah, you can basically look down and sort of see it, and it's like really sad. Like when you're in Hawaii and you're having such a fun time, that quick trip to Pearl Harbor is definitely like a downer. You know, kind of like. I wish I was drinking pina coladas at the resort or whatever. 
Any, anyway, yeah. So basically that they turn this tragedy into an action uh, movie that is supposed to be pretty cool at times. Not really for that. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be, you know, I guess it's fictional lies version of, you know, something that actually happened, but still it's something that should be taken seriously, of course. Yeah, I still have yet to see Pearl Harbor, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, just based on uh, what I've heard about it, what you, you talked about it, it seems like a fairly ridiculous movie, but Hollywood could take any sort of, you know, tragic event like that and uh, yeah, and try to spin it into something cool, but. Yeah, that's interesting. The last one I'll go with is um, I see that uh, that Jake has seen this. Um, it's George Romero's Creep Show uh, from oh, 1982. Yeah. Love that one. Yeah, and this was uh, this was great. Creep Show is like horror anthology uh, movie, and um, it's got a great cast too. Uh, yeah, I didn't know any of these people were in it, but you know, Ed Harris, Leslie Nielsen, Ted Danson, Hal Holbrook. Um, with uh, maybe my favorite of the the uh, anthologies being the Leslie Nielsen Ted Danson one. Um, Same. Yeah, that that one's, that so, one's extremely disturbing. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fucked up in a psychological level and uh, just creepiness level it's so uh so good but uh yeah yeah creep show is a great time it's uh uh these great you know horror vignettes um and i just has such a distinct style too um throughout all of them but they're all very mm -hmm. different stories um oh i forgot to mention too stephen king um stars yeah. in one of them as well where he's real <laughs> fucking weird yeah he's, he's so bizarre in that yeah yeah i didn't realize it was him at first either i just this is such a weird looking guy and then the more it went on i was like i, I now i know why yeah. i know him that's stephen king like you yeah. know him from somewhere of course yeah, yeah yeah he was definitely in his like drugged out phase i think when they shot that <laughs> yeah. movie Absolutely. he looks a little yeah. wired out yeah yeah he's he's not a human being in that but uh <laughs> yeah and and i also just loved the uh i love the style of it every now and then there would just be mm. like there would be like this shot of a of like creepy house and then there would be this sort of like design around it that looks really creepy and cool or um yeah i think in the um with whichever um anthology where the uh it's like the dad wants his cake or something like that and uh all the different like shots of mm -hmm. you know of him and his daughter and like they, they have these frames of like blood like it's just so it's such like an 80s horror thing yeah. that um i just thought it was so cool just throughout all these just all these different images of uh <laughs> all these shots with like these cool weird little frames um that was just a nice touch mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah really um really enjoyed creep show forget where i watched it it might be on canopy um but yeah that's uh it's one that kind of slipped under the radar for me didn't know much about it but i thought i had seen thought i had seen like the creep show thing i think they maybe made it into a show a few they years did. ago do they okay yeah my friend so, told me it's it's very good but it's nowhere near the original movie so but i heard the second creep show is actually uh 
pretty solid. So maybe that's worth checking out as well. Um, nice. I, I don't think it's Romero though, but yeah, it's, I, I love a good horror anthology. And I think that's top of the, it's pretty top tier, you know, like it's yeah. everything you want out of a, a anthology for sure. Really experimental too. Like you're talking about with the shots and the, the editing and uh, some weird like animations that they do throughout it. Yeah. It's super cool. And uh, yeah, Stephen King uh, wrote all of those too. I don't know if that was based on a book, but yeah, anything he does in the eighties is going to be wild and a little bit scatterbrained and crazy, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And of course all the, the production design was all um, pretty incredible too. all the uh, practical effects and whatnot. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's creep show. It was a good one. Yeah, glad you watched that. That's a it's a great Halloween watch too. I watched it in October and it was very unsettling and creepy. It's good Halloween vibes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um my last one, I will go for a really, really fun theater experience I had recently. Kind of sort of in the vein of Top Gun Maverick, but uh I was back in Chicago recently, um, and I was celebrating my friend's birthday and uh chicago is also home to i'm sure you guys have talked about the music box theater on here in the past it's a incredible revival theater and uh i was really itching to go and i convinced a few of my friends while we were out in some uh wrigleyville bars and stuff you know usual chicago night and i was like guys they're playing shrek at midnight at the music box and somehow i convinced about four or five of them to join me because i just had to go while i was back and it turned out to be like that uh rocky horror picture show type of screening i don't know if you're familiar with like the uh the kind of involvement of the crowd with the movie where everyone's kind of reciting every line by line and there's like really weird uh performances that happen throughout the movie from like real life actors on the stage so it was just like a really bizarre yeah it was crazy so like uh i mean like during certain musical numbers like they would like during uh the smash mouth numbers people would get up there and just dance um really bizarre shit um but if anyone has done like the rocky horror experience it's really similar to that um but yeah it was awesome to see with the crowd man like everyone singing uh all-star line by line um every you could tell the, the crowd kind of uh grew up with shrek like they all seemed like our generation where shrek was a huge deal and knew it line by line and knew like kind of every beat to the story so people would cheer it's like the fight scene he has like the wrestling match he has in lord farquad's uh, compound and stuff like that it was just a really fun uh kind of nostalgic trip at one of my favorite theaters in the world so it was a really memorable night and uh yeah it's uh i don't know if i've ever seen any theater play shrek at a revival theater so it was kind of like a once in a lifetime sort of thing (laughs) um man and remind me how perfect shrek is as a movie still so yeah it was a good time nice that sounds fun That'd be hilarious if there's like one guy in there who had never seen Shrek. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> all that's going on. He's like, what is what is Shrek? <laughs> he's just still 
Yeah. Not the right uh, approach to see him feel like that. Yeah. Because people were like screaming lines and like normally it would have been super annoying, but I, you know, we were pretty in, intoxicated. So we were, mm. we were with it. We were just going along with it and it was really fun. Yeah. I know someone who's, uh, who, went to a screening of uh, Christmas vacation with like, they took their mom to a screening of Christmas vacation and said that it was awful just because everybody is just saying the lines like, <laughs> before, during, and after they they're said, like everybody, yeah. everybody's there has seen the movie a million times. So yeah, I could see how that can be really annoying, yeah. but that seems like a really fun time. Uh, what you're describing. Mm-hmm. If you get in that atmosphere and that state of mind, it's it's a great time, you know. Midnight on a Saturday, and everyone's just a lot of nerds and and drunk people there. So, so it was easy to kind of just assimilate into that. We also watched, uh, rewatched Jurassic Park. Um, so yeah, now we get to talk about that. Um. Because like we said, the new one's coming. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no more delay, no more delaying of it. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess we could start with, uh, I, I know, I know obviously how Jake, I'm not going to ask, like, I, I'm going to let Jake talk about, uh, talk obviously, but like, I know how Jake grew up with Jurassic Park, but <laughs> um, yeah, you're John, really first I wanna, yeah, we both were there around each other experiencing it. But John, I want you to know, I want to know how you, you know, like uh, grew up with Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, uh, to quote Luke from last episode, he said, uh, Jake and I know the shit out of Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. So you, you set the expect expectations high for this episode. But uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah. My experience with Jurassic Park, I remember the first time I watched it uh was um with my neighbor growing up we were like you know we were best friends we were born a day apart we lived right next to each other so i remember i was at her house and um and i think her brother her older brother uh wanted to show us jurassic park or something so he um and i was probably four maybe five at the time late 90s and uh yeah, so we we watched Jurassic Park in their living room, and I remember being terrified out of my mind. It was for sure the scariest movie I think I had seen at that point in my short life. I would um, say the same for me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And there were plenty of times where I was, uh, I, I, like, I have these vivid memories of hiding behind the couch um, wow. at certain points, especially the infamous T-Rex uh, scene. Um, so yeah, that that's for some reason, not all movies are this way, but this one for sure, I specifically remember my first uh, viewing of, of Jurassic Park. So it was so memorable. And I was, I remember being so scared. Uh, and then getting older, being, you know, like a teenager thinking like, oh, I can't believe I was so scared by, by that growing <laughs> yeah. up. And then now right. that I'm even this older. Isn't scary. Yeah. It's, a it's like a movie. six, it's like a six foot turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Sam clearly Neil. not real, too. Yeah. Sam Neil comes into John's house. The yeah, raptors yeah. come yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. They come at you from the side, John. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that kid. Yeah. And then uh, and then as I became an adult, I was like, oh my God, this is really scary. Yeah. Going back to being mm-hmm. 
understanding that this is uh this is a running (laughs) running back behind the couch yeah (laughs) nowadays i'm back behind the couch again back behind there come full circle (laughs) in my jurassic park viewings yeah even in the opening title frame where the music's like behind the couch (laughs) what's happening what's happening um but yeah yeah that's so i do actually remember the first time that i watched jurassic park and it was it was definitely memorable it's one of those movies i feel like uh yeah it's it's easy to remember just because there's so many memorable scenes and it's just like it came out early 90s it's like perfect for our uh you know for our generation growing up um being one of the first you know big movies that we see uh so yeah yeah there's a lot of nostalgia in this episode um this episode I know, right? today yeah but uh <laughs> um, yeah yeah and then i've i've seen it countless times uh since and um i also remember in that same living room my friend's living room watching uh the lost world and uh jurassic park yeah, 3 you, as well so you like there's another one oh! <laughs> <laughs> and those i thought were just as good as the original oh, yeah. back, back in the day too oh yeah um, yeah so i was uh, I, th- I i think i thought even better you know like each oh, yeah. one got better for me and that's just the way i thought as a kid like each new one was right? the better one whatever whatever was the newest one yeah about star anything wars. too star yeah, wars, star wars, wars the same too. yeah attack of the clones is way better than phantom menace yeah, and revenge then... of the sith maybe the greatest star yeah. wars movie at the time and then I was like, there's no way you could top Attack of the Clones. Like, how can you do that? And then, yeah, Revenge of the Sith did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke might have to refresh my memory because I think I was so young when we I first watched Jurassic Park because Luke was probably watching it on TV probably weekly. And I would just kind of scurry in and watch a few scenes and you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I really I see it very young. Yeah. And I think it feels like it's one of those movies, kind of like the first Star Wars and a few other things where I, I feel like I was just born having seen it because I have no I think I was like one or two years old, probably. Um, and you were talking about the music, that opening title, like I have vivid memories of like humming that music and remembering like the whole, you know, it's like the, the, the oh, and then the T-Rex and all the classic scenes that you'd remember as a kid that all feels just imprinted in like me as a, a toddler. So yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to remember. Yeah. I like John remember my first time watching. Um, and I think it was like maybe my first PG 13 film at the time, which, you know, was a big deal. You're like, I'm seeing yeah. a PG 13 movie. Um, and I think I watched it with my dad um, and maybe my mom as well. And they, of course, like they knew like every scene to cover my eyes during. Um, so there were some scenes that I probably didn't see for like, I, I remember not seeing them for years because my eyes yeah. always were supposed to be like, I was always supposed to turn away. Um, like I never saw the lawyer get killed. For maybe my yeah, first same. couple years of viewing it, the Wayne um, Knight thing. Wayne Knight saw. when he when he got killed as well, I was supposed to cover my eyes. So those I always were just like heard him like, ah! 
you know, it's yeah, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just hear him. <laughs> and that even probably screaming. makes it more scary, I think, just like yeah. not knowing um, yeah, what happened. Not seeing what's happening, yeah. <laughs> only, only hearing, yeah. Nice I think boy. it had the opposite effect, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I just remember like I was just getting that into that phase too, where you're like, I had all these books on dinosaurs for kids. I had just learned that like what paleontology was as a job. And I remember going to like science museums where you could pretend to be a paleontologist yeah. as a kid and you could like um, scrape all the sand off the yeah. bones. And I remember going to Disney world and they had a whole pit in animal kingdom where you can do that. So like when I saw this movie, it was like the perfect time. Like, cause I was a dinosaur nerd at the time. Um, so I like this was like one of the biggest events for me, just I think to be able to see this movie, um, because like even if this movie was shit, it was going to be a huge event. And like, like this happens to be an amazing one of the most iconic movies ever, like the go to dinosaur film, um, of course. And I think also what makes this movie like a first watch, like so memorable is that each scene in it is so memorable like experience it for the first time it's all so iconic that like we said we have those like we all we all remember how it like begins like i remember specifically sitting there and watching the opening titles and this music beginning and it was just so nuts like yeah. just seeing the logo i'm like oh my god this is gonna be insane <laughs> this is just gonna be insane and witnessing that opening scene and not understanding at all what was going on um and that and like when you see the like when you first watch this movie and you see the brontosaurus for the first time with sam neill and laura dern you that you know that sticks with you because they're experiencing it for the first time it's just like for all for everyone like i think our parents have told us like um, before like when we watch this movie on tv um around you know holidays they're like do you remember when we saw this in the theater honey and like the brontosaurus scene like they remember it because like think imagine being in a theater like that's just it's got to be such an incredible uh, moment and thing to experience and seeing the t-rex for for the first time and just um not only like i don't know just uh in terms of like that impact of that scene in the movie, but also just how it looks and how it's never looked as good as that. Um, in terms of dinosaur CGI and practical effects, it's just um, pure amazement. Like Spielberg's like not only telling a story with great characters, but he's just bringing this like idea we've had in our heads to life better than anyone has. So it's like, just like a technic technolo it's like, I don't know. It's like similar to like, I don't know, someone watching like uh, a spaceship take off or something like, you know, like like some big world moment in uh, like just in a scientific advancement or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to piggyback off what you were saying about like the the perspective of watching it like you mentioned our parents and how probably mind-blown yeah. they were and as we were all talking about like our first experience with the movie as kids like it kind of makes you realize that this movie is spielberg's 
culmination of what he's always wanted to achieve, which I think is like making a kid's movie that is perfect as a kid's movie and you can watch as sort of a a roller coaster ride, like a, a perfect one. And then as an adult, a very layered and, oh, John says his audio. Uh, We're good now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, was, as I was saying, as an adult, this movie is, you just see how extremely layered the writing is and how thought provoking the world he's creating is, you know, like this is a very, is dealing with some really heavy themes about humanity and some extremely important questions that Goldblum brings up in that dinner scene. Um, and yeah, I think that that's what's so magical about it is that dual perspective we have on it as a, such a memorable kids movie that was like really formative for, to all of us. I think we all fell in love with movies partly because of Jurassic Park, but as an adult, really, I think it's just the perfect movie again to just be introspective about not only filmmaking but the world around you like it's just to this day i ponder a lot of questions that jurassic park brings up and the same cannot be said for any of the sequels but definitely in the first movie so yeah isn't it like crazy too how this movie's like it's like i don't know it's used so often as like advertisements for like just movies in general like if you watch like old video old dvds for like a you like say you're watching even this dvd or the next jurassic park and you're watching universal's like little like you know little trailer montage of like all its movies it just it like it uses the uh images of like uses like the like the um the t-rex scene like to death like the roaring of it as like watch movies watch universal mm-hmm. you know like this is what we have like this movie like it's almost as if like it was curated by a studio to promote like going to see movies but like yeah like i don't know i just feel jurassic park is used all the time as like um just in montages of like what movies are supposed to be like the final shot of the t-rex roaring with jurassic park coming down is always yeah, in totally something like that you know yeah. um it's been corporatized a lot like even at yeah. universal they have an entire parking garage and like exhibits kind of promoting right. jurassic park and I, like funny enough kind of goes against spielberg's entire one of the many messages he kind of conveys with that movie, which is like, you can't right. really. He kind of like, they're making a park about this park that you're not supposed to like. Yeah. That, where like the whole movie's learning the lesson that you shouldn't have made the park to begin with. You shouldn't with monetize. Universal's you know, monetizing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you're not but... supposed to monetize nature and like within the movie, monetizing art itself. And then the whole world has done it pretty much. So it kind of goes against the movie, sadly. But yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the things, like that theme, we'll get into uh, more as we go through the movie, uh, scene by scene. But like, yeah, that's one of the things I take away the most from this. Uh, but yeah, we all went through our childhood. Uh, and also, I remember uh, going back to childhood. I remember whenever J- Jake got to see this movie, um, you became very into it. Um, and I remember we shared a room for uh, a while. <laughs> um you know when times were tough in the family <laughs> uh, uh 
like and and we had like you know an old cd player in our yeah. room because i used CDs. to listen to the soundtrack yeah, on and you would listen to the soundtrack just laying after school <laughs> laying in your in, in your bed and it would just be like no no no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no no mostly that first track would just be on repeat yeah <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I kept that. I kept that CD for years because I would even play it on my Walkman when I was like ten years old. I think I had it for the first like ten or twelve years of my life. Yeah, I mean, there's not a more there's not a more perfect like pairing, you know, like um, in terms of seeing the brontosaurus and that song us. Uh, like just in terms of expressing wonder and all that, you know, it's just mm -hmm. uh, amazing. Speaking of that scene, I, I wanted, I had this thought when we were, I was watching it, when Luke and I watched it. Um, do you guys think that's the greatest thing Steven Spielberg has ever accomplished in his career? Is that scene in like a nugget? Because as we were saying about like, just what he like wants to accomplish as a filmmaker, um, expressing awe, but also raising just a million different questions about our world at one time. Um, and just the music and everything working in like harmony. Like, I think that's next to like some things in ET and maybe Raiders and Jaws. I think that's the single greatest sequence he's ever put together as a filmmaker. Well, I, I really like um, specifically how that scene is bookended. Um and the pacing and like just the lead up the lead up to it and the aftermath um like you said the raising of a lot of questions yeah. um that it leads to and then before the 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 questions that um i guess just the um just the lack of uh, the lack of knowledge not even knowing what to ask like you know like dr grant's like what kind of park is this? Like everything's so vague, you know, yeah. like you don't know, you don't know anything. It's just like the guy literally says, I own an island, you know, and um, off the coast of Costa Rica, I have a plane, a, a plane standing by a shuttle or something like that. Like, and um, he just said, you know, it's all so vague. Like it's right up your alley. Like they, they get into the park and there's fen like high security fences that they as they get in you know and they're they, like you kind of see dr grant like looking at them like wondering what they're for and like like they have no idea you know they yeah you no think idea. they might they might be keeping something horrific and dangerous out which they technically are but the first thing you they see definitely are it's just yeah. beautiful and well yeah in the context yeah. of it it is like yeah it is just pure um wonderment and like we were talking about it as we were uh, watching it because, um, you know, we've seen this a million times, so we notice things all the time. But like the lawyer um, specifically is speaking to um, Richard Attenborough in the in the Jeep and going like he's like, this is not like some weekend getaway. Of course, it ends up being one for him, you know, briefly after. But he's like, this is, you know, to safety like, protocols yeah he's like this is a serious investigation for the security of the island and you know and he, and he and he says like you know like he basically says hey just wait just wait till you see what i have in here you're gonna be you guys are all gonna go crazy like he's not even like 
he's not even really like John Hammond isn't focused on um, addressing any sort of uh, concerns at all. He is just like to him, everyone coming to the park is like, see what I have here, you know, see like what I've done. It, it, he's really trying to show off more so than um, like answer liability questions, um, which of course is a mistake um, we see later. Yeah, it's all about the spectacle. And I forgot about uh, his uh, running, sort of running joke throughout where he goes, spared no expense. Spared no expense. Yeah. <laughs> but I, going and, back to what Jake was saying about that sequence, I think what's so great about this movie too is how Spielberg builds anticipation without you know, showing you uh, much at first. And I think that, I mean, that's the first... Uh, like major scene in that where you're just on on them in the jeep and everybody's just like slowly yeah. turning and <laughs> in awe and then you still haven't seen what they're looking and at like, and like and like them so you drawn don't know. out that's the thing yeah. you know like yeah it's so yeah. drawn out and then the music starts and you see yep. that uh yeah that some new. of the greatest reaction shots in the history of movies is sam neill and laura Dern's face and some of the best acting in any Spielberg movie I can think of is them sort of slowly rising out of their seat yeah, and just yeah. kind of yeah, at a loss for words. Taken off of the sunglasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Laura Dern's shocked face as well. And then him, Sam Neill collapses. Sam Neill has like a heart attack, basically. He's like, it goes into cardiac arrest as, as the greatest line of the movie is delivered. Welcome to Jurassic Park. It's just such. Well, everything yeah, and that, is working and every, so every every line yeah as he covers around everyone's reactions like uh jeff goldblum saying the tremendous son of a bitch he did and uh and uh sam sam neil like seeing the other that there's a sh- whole herd of dinosaurs like coming out of the river and he's like they do move in herds like you know my life's yeah. work is like come all come to this yeah richard Attenborough too i think this time around, I was like, he get, he's the MVP of the cast. He is so, I think yeah. Luke brought up, he's kind of like the, the quote unquote, Willy Wonka. He's very Willy Wonka. Yeah. 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 Um, and you could see they took inspiration from like how he, it, he's kind of zany and a little mysterious, but he has this kind of big yeah. empire minded persona, kind of like a, he's like a stand in for like, I don't know, like an Elon Musk nowadays where they're just kind of, a much more down to earth Elon Musk, I might add, but still like this. Yeah, like representative he actually has of, really good intentions yeah, and stuff, you know. A little overly ambitious, but they have uh they're they're he's at least good hearted and just wants to build something incredible for the world. And obviously, you know, things take a turn. Yeah, I wanna mm. jump back to the first scene, um, because we went right to the Brontosaurus scene. Yeah. Um, mainly because the first scene I really like. And it kind of aligns with the, you know, like the whole memory, like idea of when we first saw this too. Um, And I think it like, it's just, you know, I think it sets up the movie perfectly. Um, Just like, um, just like the like whole like safari, like vibe that the music kind of gives you. And then (laughs) all these men with hats, like hats, 
it's really like nothing. There's no way of a child understanding this scene. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of like men, like industrial looking guys in hats staring out into the woods um, and knowing like what they are about to do. It's um, kind of a, he teases you because you, you see trees moving. You think it might yeah, be a, an yeah. actual dinosaur. Yeah. And it's a crate carrying a dinosaur. Yeah, the yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly, that kind of tells yeah. you all the you need to know. The crate is yeah. very like, um, it's definitely throwing you off. And um, yeah, and uh, you we see, uh, what is the hunter's name? Whatever the hunter's name is. Let he's me pull in the it up he, so we could have a name. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, he we'll, we'll be talking about again, but he's in the middle. He's kind of running the show. He's got like a shotgun or whatever. They're yeah. all armed. They're all yeah. armed. Uh, His name is Robert in the movie. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's not what i was expecting but anyways, robert robert is muldoon a, robert is a badass and a great spielberg just archetype that's him character. right that's there the guy is. that's definitely yeah. that's okay. definitely the guy yeah, sure. very very distinct facial features robert um, muldoon um but yeah then so like there's like the velociraptors in the cage he's kind of like squealing at the one guy just because he gets close to it um I, I mean like like right off the bat there like the sounds of the velociraptors specifically which i'm sure are still being copied by the jurassic world crew to this day um this just the sounds that the velociraptors make are amazing like so good mm -hmm. um and jurassic park 3 kind of bases a lot of its movie based off just the sounds of jurassic yeah. the, of the velociraptors um you know it's kind of yeah. it, it's a little bit like jaws in the first movie the first sequence too it's kind of like this you never see yeah you don't the, see the, the, um, the monster yeah. you just see the right. humans reacting the monster, but yet yeah. it's a yeah. very scary scene yeah terrifying um, yeah you just see a man being pulled away by like god knows what and you're like okay there's some, yeah there's some, yeah Right, and they're all like shooting into the cage. They all have like stun guns or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he's holding the guy, and the just the image of the guy's hand, yeah, going out of his arm, um, and that like the dissolve like to something else. Like that is such a haunting image, and the whole scene is just perfect because it. It's kind of uh, what the whole movie is wrestling with. It's man, it's man trying to very uh, greedily and haphazardly um, control nature, um, and play like God. kind of. Oh, oh were you gonna sorry. say? No, I just said play God. Oh yeah, play. God. I thought you said like <laughs> something. All right, play God exactly. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and they pay. They're paying for it as they are clearly like that guy definitely died or something and then so yeah. like it, so like at the expense of this man's dream he has he is they they clearly they do not have great working conditions as you see yeah it's like yeah. It, it it's like it's such a timeless thing you know it reminds you of like the egyptians building the pyramids or just man being overly ambitious in the expense of other people's lives and 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 even in more of extreme case like this this movie 
could create like world domination of dinosaurs you never know and it's just like it's it's it toes the line so smartly with you know over overly being overly ambitious that's why that's i don't want to jump ahead but that scene you know is so important to the movie yeah and i think i think that's what people are really like you know like you know i don't know maybe not everyone but like i've met people who definitely don't appreciate and again they're not like movie buffs or like cinephiles or anything like that but they definitely don't appreciate the first as like a clear superior heavy superior to every jurassic park film and i think it's because they're just not as into the like um just this that this idea that like they are into more the fun running away from dinosaur shit and not that like at the what the core of jurassic park is originally about and it's like um yeah like just that this movie is like basically we're just saying that this movie is really fucking smart and that's why one of the reasons why it's really good um yeah and i guess another reason why it's really fucking good is because the characters are so fantastic all the way through and so memorable all the way through um which is another thing that the Jurassic Park movies over the years really try and fail to do, which is create just characters mm-hmm. that are very memorable. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Dr. Uh, Dr. Grant's introduction is so seamless, like how much you learn about him and just that exchange with the kid. You kind of see that he's kind of like a disenfranchised guy. Like he's, he's obsessed with paleontology he doesn't really know how to interact with any human being if it's not about dinosaurs. Right. right. Yeah. He's um, really old school. Yeah. And he clearly yeah. like he's kind of has like a yeah, he he doesn't know how to talk to anyone like throughout this. Like um, he's very standoffish, just like as he's meeting everyone. Um, and like it takes a while for him to actually like open up as a guy. Like yeah. it, it takes like after the t-rex scene, it doesn't take to like after the t-rex yeah. scene where he's like finally Life for like, death stakes pretty much opening pretty much up. yeah mm-hmm. right yeah i guess we could talk about jeff goldblum uh just of course his, we uh, have to <laughs> his intro uh chaos theory he's like i'm a chaotician or whatever the hell he is uh, <laughs> i never remember K-I. Yeah, yeah, I still don't fully understand his like resume and background. But... <laughs> right, <laughs> conspiracy right. theorist with a podcast, pretty much. He, exactly, yeah. like modern. He's like a modern, like a. If he existed today, he would be on like the Joe Rogan experience, yeah. talking yeah. about chaos theory. Um, definitely, <laughs> that's true. That's so true. <laughs> I guess what we need to get to next is uh, like the the uh, essential backstory to how they did it. Yeah. Um, like, which I, I always like ever, even like this cartoon video in the uh, like, sort of like their like behind the scenes, like look at how they did everything like this cartoon video. Like I remember always like everything about it from as a kid, it like ages even really well. Mm-hmm. For it me. feels like you're at a, field trip as a kid like at a history museum and they show you yeah. like a yeah. really informative quote-unquote video it has that same energy um yeah. but they're like a really really smart expo- exposition dump that like needed to be put out there so it's yeah. a really yeah 
Mm-hmm. It's a good scene. It utilizes its its setting to show, like, yeah, that's how they would show this if this were a right. real park. Right. And everything. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I, I like. I like even just to how the DNA, Mister DNA, talks. He's like. Millions of years ago, black dinosaurs. <laughs> the thickest southern accent you could think of. We yeah. used the DNA of a frog to complete the code, like just like all of it, and, um, and then they start. And Burroughs really like Willy Wonka there too, because he's kind of like right, right, right. He's interacting with like a cartoon character. He just he's just having such a great time with that in that scene. Yeah, um, and so then they like stop the ride because they want to see the fertilized eggs or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and the boy uh, uh, B.D. Wong introduced. The, that yeah, B.D. Wong yeah. Uh, is there, uh, and um, uh, yeah, they 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 they're turning the eggs, and uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum starts to be like. Mm-hmm. He starts to be like, he starts to ask questions, like, you know, because everyone like that. I think that's what's so fascinating now is like watching this as an adult is watching all the characters like wonder how they're doing it, you know? Yeah. And then when they find out how they're doing it, like what they think of that. Immediately you know? like take issue with how they're approaching it. Yeah. And Je- like, like Especially Laura Jones and the ride, like, where do you get? like the dna of like dinosaurs or whatever blah 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 and uh and jeff goldblum's like don't you see the like he's like wait so you uh like like he says we simply deny that like bd wong says we simply deny them the like ability to uh be a male or something like that yeah. and and laura dern's like you deny them that like and they they start to like raise i don't know like um like ethical questions about nature and stuff like that the scene's also really important with hammond kind of witnessing the birth of the raptor because that's where you really see his admiration for for science and kind of his creation his baby of jurassic park like he has a his performance is so good because you just feel this i think it's really creepy watching him oh yeah 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 raptor it's like Um, it's like what john said man playing god like that's kind of like that image right there is exactly what he was talking about it's really creepy watching him tickle that baby velociraptor (laughs) um as it's born it's just like this guy's out of his fucking mind he's yeah yeah that's back in the willy wonka territory of uh being really eccentric and creepy um almost evil mastermind like yeah Hmm. Um, and then uh, also Laura Dern's acting in that scene specifically is phenomenal. Oh, as, yeah. she, as she is also like, they're all like tickling this little velociraptor, I swear. And she's also like just staring down at it. She just saw, she just found out dinosaurs like were existed again. Like what, like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Then she she's, found out how they did it. And now she's watching one being born. Like She's raising broke. ethical di- dilemmas, but the spectacle of everything is distracting her from all that shit she was bringing up before too. And the same goes like going for Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're even entirely raising it. Any questions yet outside of Jeff Goldblum. Like if we want to get, like if we want to get nitpicky, like I feel like the, like Goldblum is 
the one who's more so pushing all the right um all the like conspiracy questions and then they're still in the mind-blowing wonderment of it um when sam neil finds out there's raptors he's definitely oh yeah yeah the yeah. scene cut ends with him finding out that it's a velocity he's like there's yeah. carnivores that are being caged in and that's gonna yeah raise which a lot is of his it. all-time like it's like his life's work and also like life's fear is like yeah they're coming to a crossroads and now he knows they exist again like it's crazy it's like i don't know it's like say like it's like jamie lee and halloween finding out that michael myers is alive again or something like that and she's spent all her time like uh you know being like this is how you kill them or this is how he attacks you or something like that you know it's somewhat along those lines except he's like yeah it's just kind of crazy um but like i love the cut to like he's now at just staring at the raptor cage where they keep them yeah um and it's lowering um a cow to feed them and he's just like i gotta see this shit and um hammond's trying to like lead him away from this lead him towards like lunch um uh and almost as if he like it's almost like he doesn't want them to see this entirely um because it is like an ugly like scene where they kind of just go at this cow in the cage um yeah and then our guy robert comes out from the opening scene um and he's like they should all be destroyed and um yeah, no subtlety to his character introduction at yeah, all. Yeah, He's yeah, saying yeah. exactly what he wants to occur throughout the movie. Right, yeah. It'll all be destroyed. Him and his guys have been at war with it, like with them probably the whole time. Like, like these, he's probably like, these Velociraptors are such a nuisance like to have. Um, um, but like then Dr. Grant immediately goes in asking like just all these questions. He's like, we clocked them at 70 miles an hour. Like they were testing the fences for weaknesses systematically. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a good scene. Yeah. Then, the, and then we go to lunch, we go to the lunch scene and Laura Dern is like looking at her food kind of sick to her stomach because she just watched Velociraptors eat yeah. cows. It's such a good cut. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really good cut. And, um, and that's when we get like, which is one of my favorite things in the movie, movie, which is Jeff Goldblum's monologue about um, about uh, life finding ways, or uh, is with BD Wong. This is a that yeah, that's yeah. a different monologue. This is him um, talking about that. He this didn't, is the monologue he didn't about acquire any discipline it. to yeah, yeah, obtain yeah. The, the, um, the greatness of what he achieved. Yeah, he's like yeah. You spent so much time thinking about whether you, whether you could. You didn't stop to think about should. whether you yeah. should. And yeah, all the people is... working for him too. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, puts yeah, him on yeah. the same blanket. Yeah. It's like you spent so much time to do something as fast as you can. You didn't take the discipline to acquire it. You know all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And, um, and like before you knew, before you even knew what you had, um put a place to you package it up put they it in patent box, it they packaged it, it and now you're selling it you you're know selling and like and it's Genius. it's really good and i don't think like i think it's even too good for people to understand like right away after like 
just even also being mind blown by seeing the dinosaurs in this movie for the first time to even like be ready to have these um, sort of philosophical moral questions about Jurassic Park, the park itself. This scene too, I love the way it's shot and staged. Like it feels like they're in a, it feels like they're on a stage and they're being like watched by an audience or something, the way the lighting is happening. And like Dean Cundy, who shot this movie, I just want to give him a shout out. Like he's, he's an amazing DP. He worked with like Zemeckis, Carpenter, Nancy Myers, funny enough. He's worked with so many interesting people. And this movie just has a really distinctive look. And like, especially like the interior stuff too. Like there's, it's kind of where Spielberg found out about how much he likes this white beaming light kind of going on. And I think this right. is where... Yeah. He's sort of because like there's a scene too in the control room. There's a lot of like spotlights kind of beaming into into the camera, creating these lens flares, and they look just so cool. And this scene is kind of where that starts. So I wanted to shout that out. Yeah, and this scene, uh, I will also like just to go off that. Um, like I, John and I in our Spielberg summer, I'm pretty sure we saw a lot of that white light stuff. And yeah. War Especially of the Worlds, thousands yeah. ones like Minority Report. Minority Report is a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, the AI. But also in that, you know, in that dinner scene, the lunch scene, um, uh, we have the lawyers going like, uh, we'll like have a we coupon charge, day. We can charge anything: <laughs> two thousand, ten thousand a day, and people will come. And <laughs> yeah. like, it's funny how much he's flipped the switch to be from being like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like. We're not sure about the investors aren't sure about the park, Jan. And now he's yeah. all like he was you know, representing he was representing the investors to begin with because he's like protecting their money. But then once he realizes this is like a big ticket financial gain, he's like immediately joins John's side. It's like the definition of a blood sucking lawyer, just jumping yeah. from the biggest, most financial gain that he can sort of uh he can sort of get his hands on so yeah that's such a smart character yeah Yeah. i also think he just does a good job in general that actor like he i don't know like we remember all the other ones of course more but i think the lawyer just he does a very good job like i always you know before he gets you know eaten up like i always enjoy him just being around as as one of the gang you know even though he's like a villainous guy He's a scumbag. Like, yeah. He's like char. He's kind of like got the, necessary. You know, the charm, you know, to him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as they see the the brontosaurus in the beginning, he's we're gonna yeah, make like, we're gonna make a fortune on this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it cuts from all like as we said, it's all perfectly set yeah. up. You know, everyone's reaction. We're gonna make a fortune from yep. this place. He does a complete one eighty to what he was monologuing about like a minute ago. Yeah, all the characters, even the side characters are so well-defined in like Mm -hmm. their commentary on humanity and society that, uh, yeah, of course, like you said, the the lawyer would, I don't know, just a stereotypical lawyer would uh, flip the script like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Next is the tour starts, right? Yeah, so then the the kids... uh... The kids come and the tour what what i find what i love about the tour is um it's kind of like very important to hammond because it's like and and like the people who work behind here because it's like what 
like it's a simulation of the what the park will basically yeah. be. It's like a you know, dry so run like, for it's a dry run. So they're like yeah. seeing they're like seeing what you know how this is gonna work. And so and they they even get into the nitty-gritty of the technical side of it. Like Sam Jackson uh, Sam Jackson and Wayne Knight's character being like the technical guys and like how much they really have to do on a computer side in order to um, make this happen. Um, but first, like we meet the grandkids. Um, one of them being uh, one of the dudes in the social network that yeah. uh, I remember us talking about that, John, in our social network episode. Huh. Um, yeah. And it's also like this movie just is very much about like weirdly about um, Sam Neill, like a warming up to kids, like in the middle yeah. of all this, you know, yeah. like it's also very much about that. Like, it's the thing uh, that grounds him is that he's like opposed to kids and Laura Dern's sort of on the opposite side and they're kind of like represent his greatest fear even like as much as dinosaurs that's why it's so great like he's he kind of repels against the kid Tim like moving out of the cars you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. yeah he, he fears yeah. it almost as much as dinosaurs as being a father yeah like there's a scene later where um uh wh- whatever the girl's name is she like lex, just starts, I think. lex just starts holding his hand the hacker yeah as <laughs> as they're going to the triceratops she just starts holding his yeah. hand like she won't let go and like sam neil's face is like he's looking at her like why the fuck are you holding yeah. my hand it's yeah. like hilarious so funny yeah then there's even that when we're getting to know uh like jeff goldblum's character a little bit more and uh and of course jeff goldblum has kids he's like yeah three kids three of them love it I, yeah, yeah i love kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh i love oh i love those kids love yeah. kids which is hilarious because he's like a really like i don't know he seems just like an off dude and a li- like he's also like very wild and like cynical too but yet like oh yeah. me yeah three i love kids yes. i'm always on the lookout for a future <laughs> future ex mr He's like a future ex Mrs. Malcolm or something. Yeah, yeah, he says a future ex Mrs. Malcolm. That's so good. Yeah, Um, so then that's uh, probably playing with Sam Neill's head a little bit where he sees that, you know, he wants to keep Laura Dern around, but then there's this guy who does like kids and he's uh, very confident in that. uh, Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it, uh, plays on his insecurity about him not liking the kids but um yeah i so obviously the tour begins and they're all in there i love how the lawyer jake and i mentioned this while we're watching the lawyer is sitting with the kids which i think is hilarious like so um, weird like none of the adults like wanna like like none of the like the trio the main trio at least wants to sit with the lawyer or the kids (laughs) so they're like (laughs) kind of in the it's like the unpopular car in a way um (laughs) and um they get to that iconic gate and they enter the park and um uh they're like on your right is gonna be dilophosaurus which wayne knight meets later yeah and they're all like dilophosaurus yeah so they get to the rex thing um they're trying to get the Rex out of there. It's not coming. The goat. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, the goats there. Um, I guess we should get to some of the behind the scenes things. Yeah, that's we got to really yeah. the mention the dudes back um, in the... Yeah, so yeah. we meet Sam Jackson, who is Mr. Arnold, the chain-smoking head of uh, tech or whatever for this whole park, which is just an insane yeah. job. It makes this sense why he always has a cigarette. Has. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It does. Um, uh and I love how I love Wayne Knight's um, where he he's like, you have butterfingers, Dennis, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm completely un- underappreciated. He's like, yeah. you could run this whole park from one computer. He's like, do you think that's easy or cheap? <laughs> yeah. Like, drinking, drinking like a diet coke. And he's like, do you know anybody who could do it? Like he's basically just saying, do you know anyone who can know what I do for like what you're paying me? And it's like, you know, it's basically just like, like clearly leading to that, like this, his motivation for stealing the eggs, you know, he's like, his financial debts probably from doing crazy hacking shit, who knows? Because he's like, those are your problems. And he's just kind of like, it's like, well, you don't pay me enough. It's like, you kind of get their working dynamic pretty clearly from that one scene. Behind the scenes, yes, Sam Jackson. It's specifically, it's called, I think, the control room. Control um, center. Right? That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, which, which I think, yeah, they're controlling things there. <laughs> um, I just think that's it's very key to see this in the grand scheme of this movie because, um, uh, just like, I mean, it's what, it's what. Um, triggers everything to fall apart um, yeah. is like this um, Laura Dern says later like that it's all an illusion you know with this idea of that they have control over this whole yeah. situation and um, there is clearly a very organized system in place for this place but um, like clearly there is like I mean, I, I think specifically the gaping hole in this whole system is that John Hammond has a very fed up employee who has um, yeah. a very who has a very key job and has too much access to things. And which which is, I think, you know, definitely one of the um, mistakes that um, Hammond and I think probably like a lot of major you know john hammond likes in the world are doing too is you know like um i don't i I don't think you can do those types of crazy innovative entrepreneurial things without like you know rubbing someone the wrong way and it's such a michael crichton theme you know because like in westworld that's a huge i don't know if you guys have read westworld or seen the movie but it's like that's like a lot of what that movie is about and hinging on the yeah exactly what you're saying about the the one 
loophole could just be a, a person that's a part of the system that's neglecting to be a part of it for some reason or the other and it, it's right. so well done in this movie and Wayne uh, quick about Wayne Knight it's I think it's hilarious how he got cast in this movie because Spielberg I don't know if you guys have seen Basic Instinct but he has a really mm-hmm. incredible scene in that movie where right. he's he's a uh, him and a bunch of guys are interrogating Sharon Stone and that's where this you know famous leg turn happens where she reveals herself and he's sweating buckets and I think Spielberg saw that performance of Wade Knight and he's like this looks like a guy who looks like just he plays nervous and kind of a crackpot loose cannon just perfectly and yeah, yeah. I always I always he's, thought that he's was really cool... good in this he's yeah really good yeah and yeah and then obviously Seinfeld and everything he was like such a great character actor in the 90s and we also we didn't cover the just the opening his character introduction just the dodson dodson (laughs) yeah so good we got dodson here like the me the one of the most famous memes um from a movie for sure. nobody cares yeah that whole punchline yeah became pretty big yeah and just like I'll never get tired of it. Like we were talking about this when we were watching it. Like when Dodson's like explaining uh, how he's going to transport the eggs and you know, how much, like he gives him the money and how he's like, this is how you're going to transport them. Like uh, Wayne Knight is just laughing so yeah. much. He's just giggling so much. And you can't really, it's like kind of hard to follow what Dodson's saying. Cause he's just, it's kind yeah, of distracting. Deliberately but, but, so. I think. But I like, I like mm-hmm. love it, you know? Yeah, I think so later than the whole process of him is heist is, you know, fresh in your in your brain. You know, it's not because it isn't not an exposition dump. It's kind of like, oh, this is how you transport the eggs. And we see how he does it later on and, and everything. And yeah, that's that seems always a crack up, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he also says at the end of that scene, he's like, don't. uh." Don't uh, don't be cheap on me, Dotson. That's that was yeah. Hammond's mistake, and like that scene cuts to like the helicopter flying to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. There's all this the, drama. The what, one. What, what, the next, next scene. I was just gonna say the next scene is the, the sick dinosaur, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, probably they find the Triceratops. Uh, like right yeah. after the, but, but like we're, we're uh, skipping over the the chaos, uh, the chaos uh, theory. Oh yeah, yeah. Chaos <laughs> theory where he's like rubbing Laura Dern's hand, and she's like, he's like, because of little crinkles in the skin of your hand, and it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a great, it's a great flirting uh, excuse to flirt. I, I should really like try that as my chaos theory pickup line, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll go over well, I'm sure. Yeah, right. But it's perfect um, for Jeff Goldman, though. He's the man. He's the perfect guy. <laughs> yeah, for that, it works right. for only him, for sure. Yeah, um, irresistible Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I love the next and scene I, too with the rhino, or not the rhino, the yeah. uh, triceratops, <laughs> rhinoceros. Yeah, <laughs> it's technically yeah, rhino fucking rhino dinosaur version think, of a rhino. I yeah. think it's a big deal that the only dinosaur they see on this tour is a sick. One. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Like yeah. Very definitely saying that's key you know? to 
yeah, the, them meddling with nature is sort of it's like these guys definitely don't know what they're doing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that one the one employee who's looking after it has is taken over by an outside expert, Laura Dern, and she kind of heals right. she, attempts to heal it you back can tell to life. Laura Dern takes over the whole operation. Yeah. She's like, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know. Yeah. They're like, not I'm equipped, gonna, like, yeah. Dive in. Yeah, I'm gonna dive into the pile of shit and look for the yeah. lilac berries or whatever they are. Now there's one of the more like wholesome moments before things kind of take a turn for the worse and kind of like what Jurassic Park could be is like a very invigorating experience for science and and healing illnesses and ailments and like that's a one scene that's kind of a representation of what good could be good about the park even though it's like a sick dinosaur it's like all these uh all all this bad shit happening but there there is solution and and leave it to the experts and not the people with the money yeah i feel like yeah, this definitely. whole uh this whole scene where they go in through the the gate the grand gate and the music's playing it's like have you ever been on like a ride at Disney World when it shuts down <laughs> while you're on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of takes all the mystique away because you can see right, all right. the it does, yeah, yeah. Like all this like animatronic the, thing they, is just repeating the same it. shit, or yeah. And then like some like I've seen a video of someone stuck on Space Mountain where like they turn the lights on, oh my and God. it's like, well, what now? I like this takes away from everything. All the magic. Space Mountain. Yeah, you can see. So right, that's, right. Almost what the scene is is like yeah. being on a ride when nothing's working. I love when it shuts down. Yeah. Goldblum says later, he's like, when the Pirates of the Caribbean ride shuts down, they don't try yeah. to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. If the pirates don't come and try to kill yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. Cause Hammond says the exact thing that John, you're talking about. He's like, all major, all major theme parks have shutdowns or something like yeah. that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Tries to justify the yeah. whole. Park He's like still down. like so positive after like it <laughs> takes like a it takes him so long to understand you know but like yeah he's still so positive like Goldblum's there like injured injured like bleeding <laughs> out you know like people have died you know it's just like insane yeah. that he's still thinking like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, but then uh, like the storm begins, um, which is like a great like just cut to like everything about to change, you know, and this whole um, everything's about to really fall apart here. Um, it's a really deliberate like the climate changes and so does the tone of the movie. Right. Like, yeah. Because a... and I think like that's when Wayne Knight's like, oh, I'm going to go get a, a soda <laughs> yeah. or something. I want a soda or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking I'd, I'd go and like it's uh, this is I love I love this scene so much. And he's like, oh, also I uh, debunk the bones so the system's gonna be going on or off. Like it's just yeah. And nothing to worry like, about. Okay. It's nothing big. Nothing to worry. about. Yeah, just a simple thing. And then he, and then he just initially like just presses, clicks the button, and shuts everything Shit down goes pretty down. much. Yeah, and it actually like I think as he's um, you know, as he like presses like presses enter or whatever on his computer is when like the thunder starts yeah. you know outside mm. it's great um and it, like cues um, the weather to change yeah yeah that, that click mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then the, the like the music starts like kind of mysterious yeah music and they're kind of driving back in the cars and like as wayne knight is stealing the eggs is when like jeff goldblum's like 
Yeah, I love kids. kids. <laughs> it's like just great in between dialogue, you know, like, yeah, I'm always uh, out looking for a future. <laughs> X Mrs. Malcolm, yeah. And um, he starts stealing the eggs, and then um, Sam's like, that's odd. Some of our security systems are going down. And he's like, well, he said that some would be going down, wouldn't they? And they're just like completely oblivious. Um, and then like, um, like he's like, fences are failing all around the park. And he's like, check the vending machines. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, like then they they go to Dennis's desk and they try to hack in. And he's like, he's like, look at this workspace. And it's like all and like just shoves it. He just shoves it all off. And he realizes like. Sam realizes that he's locked out of all, like, everything, pretty much. Um, yeah, it has that little, back. like, animation of... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and Wayne Knight's headed to the dock, and, like, I think it's hella crazy, just the, like, stakes that are, like, there for him, because, like, he's talking to that... Remember, he's talking to that guy on the phone, and he's like, the captain says we gotta go! And he's like, no, just give me give me 15 minutes and he's like no promises and like he's clearly just not gonna make it but he has no choice he's just going for it still mm -hmm. and he's getting like lost along the way and everything yeah his whole his whole plan is extremely clumsy like why didn't he execute it hours before a storm was happening it was just kind of absurd yeah yeah, yeah. Poorly planned on uh, Dennis's part. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also aligns like the all the like the uh, like the power shutdown mixed with the storm and the fact that they can't get anyone like out there. They can't contact anyone. Everyone's just now stuck. Yeah. Like who? The few people who are didn't make the dock. And like the ones who were planning on being there are now stuck on the island to deal with this shit show alone, and they have nobody to contact or anything. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, just the click of a button, you know, kind of creates a snowball effect to where every pl major plot point in the movie is stemming from that. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. crazy, and it's also harks back to what you were saying about how the system seems so foolproof, and they you know disguise it as like really fancy and. And like nothing can go wrong, right? But then just the click of a button from disgruntled Dennis causes the entire thing to implode. Yeah, I feel like there's gotta be a great meme out there where it just shows like everything like that went to shit in Jurassic Park, and then it shows like Jerry. Jerry being like, <laughs> no man, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure there <laughs> is. Yeah. It really is all it really is all his fault, like if you think about it. Yeah. He's got um, blood on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his own hands. And yeah. He gets yeah. Attacked. Uh, so now we get to talk about the T Rex scene. Yes. One that made John hide behind a couch when he was younger. Yeah. And to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Another yeah, the... great, uh, great reveal there. The anticipation yeah. is just. Right, so you got high. the goat. The goat being like thrown onto the like. It's uh, like a goat. Like, leg, the goat's yeah. gone, you know, like that whole yeah. thing, and it, it's on top of the, 
he throws on top of the car and he's like completely like dismembered goat yeah it's just completely gone yeah and then the whole thing is it's spielberg magic where it's just it's just rumbling and people's faces like the wires being like torn off um and the glass on the the glass classic on the, water being yeah, of like, course you know yeah. that's the, that's something as a kid that always stuck with me it's just that shot of the glass right mm-hmm. right um yeah and that that first shot of the t-rex is like literally like the best one probably of the movie too just i think specifically because it's dark and in the rain yeah and just um it's it's being it's like the t-rex roaring hello to every like to everyone i am here you know it's just so good it's smart too yeah because you said it's dimly lit you you don't see any major like body parts besides like his head and like a giant body it's like silhouetted almost like you can kind of see him but then you can see his face at major points it's kind of like jaws too again to bring it back to jaws where he just does it he doesn't show too much and all the better for it where it's 10 times more effective to to hide key points to make the effects a little bit more authentic yeah and i always remember the various like beats of this like how they turn the light on yeah that's how he like knows someone's there and like sam neill and goldblum are watching the whole thing he's like turn it off (laughs) you can't for some reason he knows you can't he can't see you if you don't move like because i dig up bones <laughs> you know, like... yeah, right. yeah he knows their behavior too yeah right <laughs> don't move um yeah, and, and also the lawyer the runs all to over. the bathroom um, that away from move. everything yeah yeah that's like a typical like horror movie trope where you know yeah, one person right, does right, something yeah. real stupid to get themselves uh killed mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then leaves, she's like leaves the children <laughs> Yeah, she has a great line where she goes, "He left us. He left us." Yeah, <laughs> Lex, Lex like repeats it like with anxiety. Yeah. He left us. <laughs> she can't get over it after like twenty minutes that he left them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then the T Rex proceeds to uh, attack the car with Lex and Tim because they're shining the damn light in its eyes. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he flip and he flips them over, um, and. I do love how like they like Samuel's like I gotta do something about this, yeah. you know, like so he does. They're the like sitting thing. ducks. They're sitting ducks right, for like five right, minutes. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do we do in this situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so the, I love the flare thing. Um, yeah. I love how right after he does the flare thing, and Gold you're like, Bloom. oh, that's so smart. Goldblum find like feels the need to do it like immediately after. Yeah. He kind of fucks up his whole his whole move there <laughs> yeah it really is all his fault like the guy because then he just he's like running he kind of does lead the rex away he's like grab the kids as he's running yeah. away from the t-rex that's one of the craziest shots in the movie he's like shifting the flare in each hand as right, he's sprinting right. away and it's yeah, just like yeah. two feet away from eating him right, right. And he's just like hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then he grabs the kids, and I love when the Rex comes back after Golden like falls into the bathroom. I love yeah. Lex's Lex's scream reaction <laughs> as as it's coming back. Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah. <laughs> also, when they're getting when the dinosaurs like pressing down on the car, they're basically yeah. like sinking in quicksand. 
That was another thing yeah. as a kid that freaked me out. Like they're like about to get buried alive by a car, and it's just yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and, and and the next, I the next scene is crazy. Like some of, just the next couple things are crazy. Like how Spielberg has all these things that are sort of these little action set pieces that aren't yeah. even totally to do with dinosaurs. Like just all the stuff with the car, like trying to get away yeah. from it as they're scaling that wall. Really self-contained like action sequences that are like have a beginning, middle and end, which he's so good Trying at. to get away from it on the tree, yeah. climbing the fence before the electricity comes. Like just certain yeah, things that, that keep the movie moving, you know, on your toes um, sort of deal. And, uh, you know, poor Tim gets launched into the... <laughs> to the truck to the tree you know like like in the car you know yeah. it's just insane yeah, i would tim, throw up tim too gets, tim gets really battered around throughout this whole movie <laughs> starting with that car and then the electrocution is pretty brutal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point what happens next is this when um we see wayne i, I knight. think it's i think it's yeah he kind of yeah i think we see Meet wayne knight demise. like throughout this he's like trying to find his way out yeah and, yeah I mean, we could go through that quickly. Uh, we can go through this now. Yeah, the Dilophosaurus comes and attacks him. And this was the scene I was not allowed to see yep. for a while. For a long and time. So actually, scary th- one, this, yeah. scene, this scene definitely scares me nowadays. Still, I would say, yeah. I would say this scene and one of the Velociraptor scenes scares me the most. Um, the scene where Laura Dern goes to turn the power back on yeah. and the Velociraptor comes out right there. That's, that's pretty yeah. scary. That's straight like from a alien movie or a Halloween movie. Like it's kind of this yeah. dark corridor and there's just kind of the dinosaur jumps out immediately when the power comes back on. It, it is terrifying. The yeah. uh, Sam Jackson's arm, you know. And, and I think that's the first time you really do see a Velociraptor oh yeah and it's like yeah, jumping fully. out it's just and it's very like it's very unexpected um especially when you're inside a facility yeah for a dinosaur to just jump out at you like that so it's mm-hmm. just crazy and the fat and your friend it jumps out like out of the shadows like a yeah. serial killer you it's know? like behind like pipes you have you don't see anything it's just yeah and especially because she assumed the threat was outside where mm-hmm. right i already yeah. forgot his name robert robert yeah he's uh yeah she thinks that's the threat's all there she runs away she's in safety and yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right peter mr arnold yeah. Um, but yeah well and then there's the arm being yeah. on her like shoulder like, while oh. the velociraptor's still like <laughs> oh, trying to get through that like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Sam's like, it's okay, baby. Yeah. I got if he you. was alive. <laughs> it's it's just right, a baby. dinosaur. <laughs> the cigarette's still lit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when Wayne Knight gets attacked by that thing, it is just very scary. Um, when it like does its like thing with the like uh yeah. I don't know. Whatever that is. It shoots, the, <laughs> it shoots the tar thing at yeah. him. Yeah. Basically blinds him to where he can't, he's like disoriented and can't find his way back to the car. Then, yeah, just eaten alive by like something way smaller than him. It's so scary. 
Yeah, when it's it's even to think that like that first reveal when it uh, shoots out that whatever it is um, at him, it's just even scarier when he's in the car. And yeah. of course, yeah, you like yeah. you know That's... it's going to be right next to him, but it's still right. he turns. I always it. like hate that so much yeah. that like it comes back into the car. Ugh. It feels and like then, it's right next to you in that moment. Yeah. And it then really you does. just see the car violently <laughs> just shaking, shaking around right, and yeah. he's screaming. Because it just goes at him then, yeah. yeah. What a creepy creature yeah. that thing is. I yeah. also love the shot of the shaving cream and the eggs being buried by mud. It's kind of like... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Barbasol can just yeah. um, bouncing down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw someone say that... Uh, you know they think Jurassic Park could work if we only bring back the herbivores. It's like yeah, that's not a good point. Then you don't have the <laughs> these right. ones that shoot out this <laughs> shit and yeah. completely devour you. Like, yeah, it's yeah, possible. That's so like, yeah. <laughs> if it was just the herds they were staring at in the very beginning, that would be like the ideal yeah. Jurassic Park is that right. image that they're looking at right there. Yeah, and then they go in deep. They're like, oh shit, carnivores and whatnot. Yeah, but a t-rex will sell tickets we have a t-rex <laughs> yeah 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 i forgot about that line oh my it's god it's gotta be brought up yeah. we have a t-rex <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about the um, scene where laura Dern and robert pick up goldblum uh where I, I was about to get to that yeah like yeah. hammond tells them to go pick up his grandkids because they are out there right now um and they don't have cameras in the cars anymore to see that they are being attacked by the t-rex so (laughs) he has no idea what's going on um but yeah he sends them out there and they're all um they're all gone um at least alan and the kids are gone um but they find gold bloom and they find the pieces of the lawyer um yeah i think which we also didn't talk about the lawyer gets uh yeah, he gets attacked in the bathroom, which is kind of a little um it's it's like kind of a scary scene, but it's also a little like poetic justice, you know. Yeah, I it's, feel it's like the kind movie, of cathartic. I feel like the movie is like wants you like to enjoy him dying, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um oh yeah. And I also think there's a lot like like we like at the end, the Rex is like very much on like the side of like humanity a lot it's kind of used as that you know like um for sure yeah that's true yeah yeah he is uh the the saving grace at the end and everything and it's kind of like the uh yeah the representation of (laughs) of taking down the system that created him kind of the lawyer yeah all that stuff that is true yeah um so uh eventually like they like uh like they're they explore exploring the situation and then the t-rex comes back and gold bloom's like the gold bloom's in the car again and he's like he's like fuck it's coming back he's like i don't want to deal with like let's go come on like he sees the water he sees the water in the yeah it's the the same setup again yeah so, yeah i think it's funny because he already went through this and, yeah, but yeah. Like, he goes you, through uh, two phases of it basically yeah which is hilarious like do you see what's happening here guys <laughs> <laughs> and of course he's like they've seat him 
they seat him so that he's facing it. Yeah. As yeah. like the witness. T-Rex is chasing him. <laughs> so he has to like, he's the closest one, has the best chance of being eaten as like they're driving <laughs> away. I love how he like, he, he, he gets so terrified. He like climbs back onto like the gear shift. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, put yeah. it in neutral. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Get off right. the gear. Right, right. Get off the gear. <laughs> yeah, and Laura Dern also during this chase scene has a great, great scream. scream yeah. As like the Rex is getting very <laughs> close. Yeah. <laughs> She's <a> like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and great shots of the T Rex in the rear view mirror too. As yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Them. yeah. Which Toy Story two uh, spoofs, which we have oh, all right, talked right. about together uh, about a year ago. Good callback. Yeah. I know how to defeat Zerg. <laughs> yeah. So that actually, that reminds me of a uh, classic um, Photoshop that I have saved from Reddit from years ago that I needed to bring up here. Oh, sick. And that's this one here. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, really good. That I was Send that to enjoy. me. We, we can make that the background of our podcast. Oh, That's great. Good call. Yeah. Going to do that. <laughs> That's nice. really good. Yeah. Had to bring that up. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then, like, that scene ends with Goldblum saying, Do you think he'll have that on the on tour? The tour? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, geez. Is this also when, uh, when we see Goldblum? I can't remember if this was earlier or not, where he's got his shirt, you know. He's, he's this is his later. chest hair is just completely yeah. exposed yeah. right he's yeah. just laying this is, like, this is later where they're like that but we we can talk about that now we're like they're talking about like shutting down the system basically yeah. to oh yeah yeah recover every undo everything that was done yeah. pretty yeah. much um he's incapacitated the rest of the movie and then they made this the decision to make his shirt come off and that's become a meme too is like yeah, yeah. sexy gold bloom well, and he's like yeah. that the rest of the film yeah. too. Like they, yep. they like literally lay out the map to the like power, power like area like on his like body, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he's like moving it off his leg that's bleeding out. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and meanwhile, like, uh, Doctor Grant and the kids are like trying to find their way back, but also like having these weird like, um, like. I don't know, like childlike experiences with dinosaurs, you know, like, like that. Like, this is what mm. I was saying. Like this one, like, um, Sam Neil, Sam Neil's character really starts to, like open up and yeah. like to these kids. Like he's like, um, like when he sees the flock of, he's like, like a, like a bunch of birds fleeing yeah. a predator, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I just bomb. love how he's. I just love how fascinated dinosaurs. he is by all this. Like, yeah. like yeah. still, like he's like a child after he was, you know, attacked by the T Rex. You know, like he's not, like he sees the eggs and he's like, "Life found a way." Yeah. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. He quoted Malcolm Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's that it's, great line too, where he's talking about how they they have to evolve or whatever, yeah. and that's right when he's now like embracing the. Mm -hmm. The kids for the first time yeah you can never yeah, look at sure. a bird the same way again i bet you'll yeah. never look at a bird the same way again 
it is crazy is watching a t-rex devour dinosaurs with like kids right and they're all they all just like they all stand there and stare and lex like i want to go yeah it's like but you'll never look at birds the same way again (laughs) timmy's like in a trance he's like yeah so much blood (laughs) (laughs) yeah and there's also that i think uh it's right before then but um that great bonding moment between the yeah. kids and Alan where as they fall asleep there by the tree. Yeah. I think, well, even before that, um, when I forget what he's going to do, but um, Lex is like, he left us, like yeah. says that to him. And then he he's comes going back to save like, me and so I'm not going to do that. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's not, not what, what I'm, I'm going to do. do. There we go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that's the line. He left us. Yeah, uh, very heartwarming scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love how the um, kind of the fence scene aligns with Laura Dern yeah. turning the power back on. I think that's yes. just so genius. Like I'm Cut always it, yeah. on the edge of my seat, like when that scene happens. Yeah, the editing in that sequence is just so perfect in every way. We're just like your and heart like, just you pounded. see like perimeter fence. Yeah. It's at the very bottom. Like she's yeah. getting to it. And Tim God, is too so scared good. to get off the fence. And like, it's just got that loud, the loud uh, ringing of it. We mm. joked that Laura Dern committed involuntary manslaughter if Timmy would have died. <laughs> yeah. She right. turned the yeah. power back on. Yeah. 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 And also that I remember like being young and watching that and thinking, well, of course he's going to get down. Like that's what happens in movies. Yeah, like yeah, He's yeah. not going to get hurt. And then I was like being totally shocked no pun intended Genuinely, that he, yeah that he actually got uh zapped by the thing <laughs> which is kind of which is a little funny too when he when he gets zapped by the the fence but uh yeah <laughs> him really it does is. have a tough time <laughs> the kid gets yeah gonna have a little ptsd yeah. after the week and yeah. i so i think the next thing we gotta cover is um robert is hunting the raptor. Oh yeah, we gotta um, talk about that. Like, and it's it's kind of just crazy because the raptor just seems really close by. Yeah. You know, like it's like right over there. He's like ten kinda yards like, away from a. Yeah, kind like pump. ten yards away, just kind of eyeing him. Um, and I just love the setup and how the other one. Yeah. Like it's just like a diversion, and the other one is just right there from the bush, staring at him. Yeah. Um, and and he's kind of like. He's kind of like he's kind of like oh all right yeah you bested the hunter was bested you know the hunter is now the yep. hunted like he's almost like kind of like has like kind of like a nod to it before he dies you know clever girl clever girl yeah, yeah he like yeah, submits yeah. to girl. the how clever they are that's why I love in this movie there's like not a lot of action like one on one like combat or anything like there's stupid new ones yeah like i know the, fights. the new the one, one is like a yeah. war against it's a dinosaurs. war against dinosaurs and this is literally the one action scene that gets set up of a one-on-one fight like ends immediately and it's just right perfect. right and he and boy does he get destroyed yeah. this guy. Like, like a... <laughs> fucking robert man <laughs> and i believe of we now get to laura dern finally seeing sam neal again yeah. Um, with the and um, after he kind of drops them off at the buffet and they realize right yeah they start eating and they realize immediately that there's a velociraptor in the building the shaking but jello it, yeah but i guess like... sam neil is a liar because he does leave them 
in yeah that is weird it is yeah. weird that he leaves them at the buffet it is weird it's it's kind of just to set up this yeah. kitchen scene but yeah, yeah and then like, he, he goes us. to he goes to grab a gun and yeah. but he leaves yeah. that he does come back right away but he leaves them with just enough time for the like the rap like two raptors to immediately come after them um, yeah and I and yeah, this the kitchen scene is so iconic as yeah. well. Like as Classic. a kid, well, as a kid, I was never more like yeah. into anything than this kitchen scene. You're really like thrown into their perspective in that scene too, and especially as a kid, like you really feel like you're you're the ones crawling around. Yeah, that's what and, you like, would do. Mm-hmm. You crawl around, yeah. and really, it's only only a kid would be able to like survive that scene. To be that's able why to it's so crawl. perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when she's like uh, in that dumb waiter thing and like she tricks the dinosaur. Yeah. That's like mm-hmm. only a kid could have done that. And like Tim like slipping on the yeah. ice and everything. It's so yeah, smart. Yeah, I think they're they're able to survive out of the clumsiness of and there's <laughs> out of like clumsiness and their size, you know what I mean? Like or she screams to like close shut the door on the Yeah. She's like, ah! <laughs> Right, 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 right. Cause the yeah, he like the freezer's there and like the ones locked in the freezer, you just see Lex running <laughs> across the kitchen. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, yeah, just that scene, the way it's done, the way the Velociraptor, like, you know, opens the door right after Lord Ern's, yeah. like, you know, says, oh, I don't know if they'll know how to open doors or not. And it opens the door and then, like, it calls for its, like, buddy. Oh, oh. It's... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love how and I, even like... just when it looks through, like, the... Yeah. Yeah, when it when it you, whatever you first kind of window that is. Yeah. Along the window and then you mm-hmm. see it's, like, full face. Yeah. Yeah. I love the shot awesome. too, where it's like tapping its toe. They're like looking below, and then it seems like it feels like human like, where it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, it's like patiently like seeking out its prey. It, it feels just, yeah. it's such a specific yeah. moment yeah. that, that mm-hmm. had so I, I much think detail. almost even Spielberg thinks velociraptors are smarter than they would be because. I do yeah. think it is a little some of this is a little like too like human like and and just the fact that the velociraptors were able to get around this facility with such ease is a little yeah, like crazy yeah. like they they follow them everywhere along yeah. this facility there's got to be a place where they would not know how to get in there you know Yeah it gets yeah. to the point where they have to lock like a sealed door to keep them out like they're literally just—he's literally pushing a doorknob open. It's just like, how do you stop it? Yeah, and I guess yeah, that's why Sam Neil left them there because he thought, well, they're not gonna get, like, they're, they're safe not gonna get inside this. here. Like, right. yeah, they're not gonna. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, and then they, yeah, they proceed to open the door like a human. <laughs> yeah, and well, and even like how they follow them like into the control room out of the control room into like the main lobby like how would they know like exactly at the like level that they're at you know mm-hmm. like where did they go did they go through the tunnels too you know i don't like on the, do they go through the ceiling as well like i have no idea um but anyways it's still all very it's very good and this is like the peak of the film so like yeah. I just think it's an interesting question to be, to be had is all. 
Um, yeah, and I love the hacking scene is good. Lex gets her moment. She's not just a squealing girl the whole movie. What does she, she say? Like it's a method, it's a data system or something. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's a unit system. Yeah, that's what like it that. is. I know this stuff. Whatever <laughs> it is, she's doing. <laughs> Lex took care of the hacking, hacking the mainframe, whatever computer stuff she did. Actually, yeah, yeah, she gets the phones back working. That's a big thing to recall. Oh, yeah. Because then he calls mm. Dr. Hammond and uh, John Hammond. and I don't think he is like... a doctor. But... <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure they don't call him Dr. Hammond ever? Maybe they do, but he's like a business entrepreneur all right, guy. all right he's mr hammond i think dr hammond it's possible but either yeah. way just call the damn helicopters and yeah. um then we like he you, you like you see from hammond's point of view like you, like he hears like the monster after breaking through the glass yeah. and, gunshots and uh he's like firing him he's like on the phone he's like Grant! <laughs> <laughs> does he Grant. Yeah, yeah, it's like yells, like he's like, Grant! Yeah. it's like great. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. So then the they're getting attacked by the Velociraptors in like the main like opening, like the opening to the park area, basically. Yep. They get um, cornered pretty bad for the tour tourism. Yeah, they get cornered by two of them, and. Uh, they're about to die, and then the T-Rex saves the day, which is a very, um, you know, one of one of those iconic poetic, very poetic endings uh, to um, to this movie. Um, yeah, totally. Then the, they get picked up, and it's like the first time Sam Neill's like seen um, seen Richard Attenborough for like like. I don't know. They really haven't seen each other since that dinner. Yeah, that, like, since, dinner yeah since they had dinner the night before. Yeah, he, it's uh, and he's like, I've I decided like, not yeah, to endorse that. I've part. seen, th <laughs> I've seen things that are not, <laughs> that are not good. And then I just like how it's bookended, like, like you know how they first get out of the helicopter at the beginning, and yeah, um, Hammond's uh, reaction. John Hammond's yeah. like taking a. He's like looking at the park. He's like, look at my park. And then yeah. he kind of before they're about to leave, he gives one last look. He's like, yep. look at my park. Look at my park. You know, like mm -hmm. totally yeah. different. Like my like totally my horrified dream is by falling it. Yeah. apart. Yeah. Even as a much. kid, uh, like and, as a kid, that was something that resonated too. Even just seeing his two different shots that are the same, but his face is different in either one. You're like, oh, it's like that's his character dramatically changes throughout this movie. And that's that shots just perfect at the end there. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of like hear like among the island, like the, the islands very alive and unsettled yeah. now, you know, like 
when like like you hear a dinosaur roaring like yeah you could hear like it just feels like noisy and chaotic right when when we first get there you couldn't hear shit like it was you was like quiet um so yeah i like that a lot and then uh the final shot is you know perfect he's he's like there with the kids asleep his new best friends um and he (laughs) sees the my friends birds flying out there and he's just he's like just like a bird (laughs) that's one of my my favorite uses of score too is the piano is quietly sort of building up to the to the main theme i think that's just beautiful stuff right there like and they kind of it's It's like a rendition of its own song Yeah. yeah and yeah the birds man all right, that is uh, yeah. that is Jurassic Park, everybody. That's Jurassic Park. Yeah, make sure to listen to the soundtrack after listening to this episode. Or something. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an all timer from John Williams. Yeah, I wish I had that CD just to co- commemorate the the soundtrack with. That'd be cool. I still yeah. have, you know, a callback to uh, to Shrek. I still have uh, Shrek CD. Oh uh, no way! At my parents' house, yeah. Smash mouth that one, and yeah. all that stuff. Oh yeah, hell yeah. That's stressful. But fun. yeah, that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back with more shit. Um, Jay, Jay actually, uh, Jake's gonna be doing his own thing uh, next time. So, um, he'll be going rogue. This is the gonna be the first Cinnabums episode without me or John in it, which is. Yeah uh a big thing <laughs> this is jake's pilot here passing pilot the baton season. off yeah <laughs> hopefully i don't get you guys kicked off the air or anything yeah don't don't cancel us <laughs> but yeah yeah excited to uh excited to hear um about jake's uh episode coming up um which jake i don't know if you want to tease at all um, yeah uh i meant i talked about Cronenberg earlier and I think I will bring a friend on and we're going to go deep dive into his new movie and also probably do like a Cronenberg top five sort of deal. So if you're a Cronenberg fan or just a horror fan, definitely tune into that one. Yeah. Look out for that. And then uh, give us a follow on Instagram, letterboxd, rate us, whatever you need to do, smash that like <laughs> button and that whatever subscribe button. Whatever you gotta do, do it. I will whatever do you it. gotta do. Just do it.